and welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast with Matthew Robinson's gaming group. I am your host, Tom Donnelly. Maddie is up five times a night dealing with the sniveller. This is round four, turn seven, and this week we'll be reviewing the game that came in number three at Essen's Geek Buzz list, the alchemical puzzle game Trismegistus. People are pronouncing it all kinds of different ways. I'm sticking with what my church Latin, my one year of Latin taught me. Trismegistus. And here to help us unpack this very involved game, a person that might not be the first person you think of to deal with a very deeply intense game. We're talking about the casual game, Jake the Snake. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm very happy to be back on the pod. It's, been it's good to have long. you. And you, you don't long. feel insulted by that intro at all. I'm rarely insulted. Okay. You're the casual gamer. I just don't take insults. <laughs> there it's you fine. go. That's fine. That's right. I, I don't. I I'll say I can't I wait for you. Game. I'm ready for you to unpack Trismegistus. I, I didn't mean to I'm insult you. It. Yeah, I think Trey may be insulting One you more than item I am. At a time. There you go. We're gonna get. <laughs> we'll let the readers, the listeners, decide who is insulting whom. In case you can't tell, we also have. <laughs> we've also brought in <laughs> Captain Smartbutt. The heavy guns. Trey, the game designer, is also here. Uh, who had, I would say, an allergic reaction to this game. We'll talk about Do- it. Yeah, don't. You didn't like it. I, uh, Spoiler alert. We've played it twice now, Jake. <laughs> oh, so did it get better? Let's save it for the uh, let's okay. save it for the review. Fair. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, before we get into anything else, let's do just a couple pieces of housekeeping. Uh, first of all, I will be at BGGCon, and it will be a working holiday. We're going to be that? recording things. BGGCon is going to happen in Dallas, oh, Texas. Cool. I will not be alone. Who else is coming to BGGCon? Not me. It I is. Can guarantee you Listener that. Mark now. Listener Mark now. We'll be there. And yes. I, I also will be there. And Trey will be there. Yes. Yeah. Listener Mark now, who also does our news segment music. Ah. He did that. Okay. Good we're job. Gonna, we're going to be there. Uh, we, we have media badges so we'll be able to get I know. can you believe they, they bought it i know <laughs> you're gonna put them in your little hats on the well brim? what what it happens is we get access to the floor where they're selling all the games a day early and we can possibly we're we're having Why? people people are contacting you have to understand jake people are contacting trey and i right now as though we're serious game journalists oh and they're asking us we would like to set up a time with serious you serious game journalist as if that's a thing as if that's a I thing i think he just made it a thing well they yeah, want not, they want us if it's a to thing, meet you with guys them. are it they want to demo games for us Amazing. they want to have people there to talk about those the games fools. they want to do interviews with us is this is what we aspire to on this podcast is to have sponsored content Ooh. possibly <laughs> i don't know i don't know if we is that, do. Is that, is that the sign of success sticking it to the man i, I don't listen, know if we want to when matt and i when matt and i have had this conversation oh yeah i had this conversation with him and uh, let's put it this way we feel that we don't need a lot of money to run this podcast just a little bit and probably the way to do that is not to be getting sponsors in which case we feel beholden to say a good thing or or at all skew our our opinions that's about it's really wonderful because we don't have to worry about this issue at all but that's right, right. we don't we don't <laughs> I'm not even really thinking <laughs> so about we, it we now. we can totally be above sponsored content nice. right now you may not know this, but we have had an offer. We've had, a, uh, I think, more than one offer to put an ad on for a for games on this podcast. I did not know that. I yes, we have. We have. We have said nay. We have turned. We have turned away. We have said. I hint? don't remember the group voting on that. Uh, yeah, it's not how it didn't. works. Uh, didn't. 
didn't. Oh, Sorry. That's not, this is not a democracy. It's like our fake country. Look. You think you've got to vote. But somebody's got to edit it all together at the end. If somebody was say, if somebody was like dropping a bag of cash at our feet, then then I'm sure we would come to everybody and say, "What should we do?" But it's not that. It's not that. It's 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 internet advertising. It's podcast advertising. It's not. It's not. A we ton don't of need money. it. It's not a ton of money. No. For right now, we're not going to do that. Right. Okay, we're 30 episodes in. We're happy to be 30 episodes in. We're having a great time with it, and we're going to see what we can do. Speaking of BGGCon. Speaking of BGGCon. Couple things. Couple notes. One, I will also be attending the Tabletop Network. Yes. Which is a kind of a game design, GDC-style event that uh, this is the second year Tim Fowers has organized it. A bunch of game designers go to BGGCon early, and they kind of do one-hour TED Talks on various uh, subjects. So it's a really great great thing that, that's been uh, thrown together. People should look at that uh, going forward if you are a game designer starting out or whatever. Um, I'm super eager some, to hear about something it because it sounds fantastic. Is that something they video and put up on the web? They do do streaming, but there it is. I think it's behind a paywall mm. where you have to... It, like yeah. They become available in six months, that type of thing. I think they're kind of following the GDC model. Tim Fowers, of course, is the designer of games such as Burgle Brothers, a very good game. Um, he did Paperback, Paperback, Fugitive, the brand new game Sabotage, which we will actually be talking about in game news today. But an excellent designer, a really good guy, and hopefully we'll be having an interview with him at BGGCon. We'll see. We'll see nice. what we can get together. So speaking of that, uh, let me, uh, oh, okay, do you want to go? Keep, okay. I'm just saying, we're, we're still on BGGCon. You got it. Oh, yeah. BGG-related news. Hit it. <laughs> Correction from last week. Do it. You were talking about uh, Essen and the like BGG hotness rating. Yes. I just because I listened to the podcast. Thank I you. I don't know if you noticed that. I just wanted for those that are keeping track at home, the BGG hotness. The way it actually works is you cannot downvote things. It is only an upvote. Ah. So that is correction is number one. Thank you for this podcast. Good. Good. Correction number two. I'm just happy somebody who's on the podcast listens to it. That's wonderful. Tom. Yes, sir. Would you like to revisit the origin of the word grognard? Yes. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> grognard was a soldier uh, under Napoleon, I believe, is, is the correct answer to that. Is that correct? I, yeah, I think that we had some, uh, some viewer, uh, viewer mail in yeah. Facebook, essentially. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to like a Napoleonic era. Lieutenant, soldier, soldier yes. yes. Officer, like the officer cadre of Napoleon were grognards, I believe. Colloquially... Now, what, what do we mean when we say grognard? It's a war gamer. It is a person that is uh, very much into the war games, the war history, the, the, those sorts of things. And this is a person who has a beard, whether it's literal or not. It's kind of a mental beard. Almost always literal. Yeah, and almost always literal. Almost yeah. always literal, yeah, yeah. A person that, you know how uh, grammar Nazis just can't let mm -hmm. the, 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 the phrase go? Grognards, any many mention of something in history, they they can't stop themselves from that fifteen minute conversation. About, we should get one of those for our group. We don't uh, have one of those. A grognard? Yeah, we don't. Thanks, Jake. Straight I'm no, I'm I'm really glad that you don't I, think of me that way. I think I'm the I think well, I think I'm probably the closest to a grognard we have. I think I played the most war games, but I ain't I ain't no grognard. Maddie has the potential. He could. He could go that direction. He could. It's definitely possible. I mean, he's, he's, there a is few. a point in every 18 and X, X, you know, every train gamer at one point was not a train gamer. Sure. And then they become one. Sure. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It could be. Uh, one other piece of housekeeping I need to keep you informed of is that you have been contacting us at Matthew at gamebrainpod.com. That 
no email more. address no is more. no more. Oh. If you email that, you are reaching nobody. Oh, we have changed it to contact at gamebrainpod.com. Because we can afford one email. Because <laughs> it costs us money to have a second one, and we have rejected all of the advertisers who have come to us. So, I think one channel. So at the end of the day, yes. So from now on, when you mm. want to contact us about anything, corrections, omissions, um, definitely. Compliments. Well, and what we love is we love uh, board game sommelier. We love sommelier requests. We love them. We have some good ones right Especially now. Especially, we would love to get more. So that's contact at gamebrainpod.com. That is it for the housekeeping. Let's get into this week's game night. On Tuesday, we played two games. We had a table playing Trismegistus, and we had a table playing Barrage. And then on Friday, we had a second go at Trismegistus. That was game night this week. Not really much to talk about because we're going to be reviewing Trismegistus. The other folks That's funny. A- you've, you've managed to leave out a very decisive game of Avalon. I agree. Played. I was just going to say, are we skipping over that? I think, how did we just skip over fun. Avalon? Because I, Two of the people here Jake, won that game. Let's be clear. <laughs> One let's of them be clear. That's it funny was, that that didn't make the list, Jake. Barely, <laughs> barely a game of Avalon. I mean, just borderline Avalon. Really. Okay. Really. Still difficult to win, though. I Trey know. played a game of Avalon. No, the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us watched. <laughs> Trey was Mordred. No one figured it out. He hoodwinked he us. Really good. He did a really good job. We all knew Jake was the bad guy, but nobody knew that Trey was the hidden assassin hiding in the weeds. It's tough to be the bad murdered guy. Murdered us. I, I don't like lying. You don't like Honestly, lying? Honestly, I so much more enjoy that game when I'm a good guy trying to figure out. I, I get that. I, I do I get not that. like having to lie. Trey loves to lie. It's his favorite. The thing. game, I feel like this game taught me how to lie. I mean, I'm, I'm without any, I'm not Cause, cause kidding that, at all. You, yeah, okay. yeah. Cause I never lied at all yeah. before that. Not but no, I do feel like this should be training for CIA, CIA. operatives. Absolutely. Because totally. it does teach you, um, how to kind of ad- adopt a, like, what is the truth saying persona that I need to mimic? Well, here? and, like, and it's situational, right? It's not one thing. Yeah. You have to read the room. You have to get a vibe for where everything is, and you have to fit into it. You have to fit into it in a way that you don't stick out, because sticking out on any side of these uh, of the various metrics that are going on there, too talkative, not talkative enough, too energetic, not energetic enough, all of these things are, they seem to be subconscious tells that groupthink picks up on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, you, right. We did a deep dive on this, and part of this is that you almost have to be able to act the same no matter what your role is. And I think if we can dwell on this even a little bit for a second, you identified the point that I thought was kind of like most important, which is the game came down to you had Lady of the Lake after the fourth vote. You've got to find, you've got to find Mordred. Yep. And you say, you're, this is your chance. You've got one bullet to fire Mm -hmm. and you're looking around the table and you're, I think you're considering me. And like two other people. No, actually, only one other person. Oh, and only one other person. Because the third person was was Paul, who was who was Merlin, and I knew so he was knew. Merlin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I was, was pretending. Fake. I was yeah, pretending yeah, yeah. that I was considering him. So it was me, or it was the person elder? sitting to your left, who was elder. It was elder. Elder. And elder was elder had some very weird votes and was very squirrely, and so I thought he it was, was probably him, and so I picked him. 
well, it wasn't. Well, I was going to point out, I think the moment was actually like, you're considering it. And I said, well, Tom, you should absolutely, you, you, you probably should look at me. Like you, you need to be. If you didn't say that, I probably would have looked at you. Right. It's true. You did a very good job. You said it with, it had just the right amount of spin on it. It was the, <laughs> it was the, it was the, not the, no, look at me. It wasn't that because then I'm like, oh, but it's oh, really easy in that weird. moment to kind of like have the chair swallow you. Yes. Yes. No. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for who's the black hole here. Who's not that looking is, that is trying to, Yeah. Trying who's to, trying not to be seen. These are not the droids you're looking for. Who is doing that? Right. I, it wasn't one of those situations. One of the things I want to get good at in this game, if we play it more and more, is that mathematical matrix that like underlies each scenario as it resets. Because there's things you guys are considering that I am not yet. Well, we had we had a lot of conversations about that, didn't we? Where, and you I were heard like, the why? deep dive, not and it's still important. well, I think I'm there is sure a context for if the lie even makes sense. Like, no, why would he plenty of it. Plenty boat? of it is. There's a just like not in. including the lady of the lake in the first. No, no, that no. Kind of thing, or S- simple as. If there are two people on oh, a yeah, mission yeah, yeah. and one of them is a spy, it is slightly more likely that the spy is the person that yeah. chose the team. And it's easy to say that, but there's this underlying sort of mathematical is thing there, that's is happening. That math? Absolutely, is that it's math? definitely math. It's, I think it's logic, which I guess comes down to math to some degree. So, it, but it's, it's number it's logic. of people, it's positional. I guess to ma- some I mean, people, some, yeah. that that logic's going to feel like m- alchemy. Yeah, well, oh uh, wow. So knowing that knowing that you're fifth in the order means that you're in the in the seat that you can you're decide the what the team position, is going right? to be. Yeah. So you are more likely to vote no on all the missions. There's a whole bunch of things that, that you thing. can do. Yeah. And yeah. you, I felt like I felt like you were starting to pick up on it in the last game. Like you were asking Dude, very we good questions. I mean, you did a great I, job. I did win the game. So you were. I feel the, like yes. I'm getting better. Did you? Well, uh, I was on the winning team. Yes, that, you were that definitely on the winning sure. team. Yes, you were. I may not yes, have dunked the ball, but... Uh, uh, well, you let's, know put, what? let's put it this way. When you are, when you are a bad guy and everybody hard. knows you're the bad guy, all you can do is do wrong. All yeah. you can do is out Mordred. And yeah. you did not at all. Yeah. You did a very good job of not at all giving away Mordred. Yeah. So that, that, that is true. I have to give kudos to that. We really didn't need to mention Avalon. I, I think we no, can, no, we can move on. Too, too just, we just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Next, let's talk about the news. Good evening, Mr. Mr. Novel's Alvin Irvin. All the ships and clippers at sea. Let's go to press. News. That little news jingle from Mark now. Mark, we're going to be spending several, several days with you at BGGCon. Very much looking forward to it. As we probably said before, uh, Mark, Trey, and I designed LARPs together for Gen Con. Uh, we have for years and years and years. And it's always great hanging out with him. So we're looking forward to that. Jumping into the news, first thing we're going to talk about is there is uh, sad news again. Actually, it's the oh, second Jesus. time in a month. Uh, Francis Tresham died earlier this uh, earlier within the last month, and now uh, Chad Jensen has died of cancer. We're sorry to say, Chad Jensen. You may know him as the designer of uh, Combat Commander. It was a series of war games. There was a Combat Commander Europe, Combat Commander Pacific. Very good, very well-designed games. And he also designed one of the Bellwether Euros of the last 10 years, one of those games that everybody talks about, a game that we here do not like, but we admire the design very much. Uh, this is Dominant Species. We like it. just think it's we had one problem. Yeah. Very fixable, but it's a brilliant game. Oh, absolutely. Totally, totally agree. Anyway. Uh, I would be... Very happy to have a game like that on my resume. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. No question about it. Chad passed uh, of cancer. He was not that old. It's a, it's a sad, sad thing to, uh, to have to report, but we have lost somebody that is, uh, was one of the true uh, great minds in the hobby and from all accounts, a really great person. So uh, RIP 
uh, Chad Jensen. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no way to do the transition. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough, no, transition. That's a tough transition. So we're going to do the transition. Uh, there is a game called Stronghold Undead. This is sort of a sequel to the game Stronghold. Stronghold was a 2009 release. It was the first game by Ignatza Chevicek. Ignatza Chevicek went on to do Imperial Settlers. He went on to do last week's review of Detective, was his game. A lot of games that this man has designed, a lot of very good games. But Stronghold is one of the first interesting game. What it is, is it's a two-player game uh, that is asymmetric in the sense that one person is the attacker who is attacking a stronghold, and the other person is the defender, and they are trying to defend that stronghold. I want to play that. That's cool. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. I instantly want to play that. I will say that having played the first edition of it, it... it had some balance issues. I heard that the 2015 version of it fixed a lot of those, and I hear that the undead version of that is is even more fun. And guess what? Kickstarter has it right now. It has eight days to go. They and so what? Are, it's zombies trying to break into your house, kind of thing. Yes, zombies trying to trying yeah, to break into cool. the citadel. Armies of the dead. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. It is. Yeah, that sounds fun. It, it's if you like asymmetric games, if you like two person head on head head to head games. This might be the one for you. And Ignacy Chevichek is kind of on a roll. I mean, really, uh, pretty much everything he's doing is, is, is turning out really, really well right now. So there's a very good chance this is going to be a game for you. And that'll turn you. into one of those single-player games also that they'll, like, make a computer as the other guy. Sure, if, there, if, right? there's, a, if there's a way to do that. Yeah. I'm not sure if, there, if, if it's easy to do in this one because having played it, um, when you're the attacker, you're really trying to come up with a strategy to get past all of this stuff. When you're a defender, you are reacting to everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. You're marshalling resources. You're trying to remain flexible and keep your supply lines. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a lot going fun. into it. So it may be something that isn't so easy to do an AI for, but maybe it is. Next up, we have Restoration Games. They are the makers of Unmatched. We haven't really talked much about Unmatched, so let's get into it right now. Jake, do you do you know Unmatched? I think I do. Yeah, that is the. It's the one with the, the game you wanted to review. Yeah, for this the IPs week. playing against each other. Correct. Yeah, that's yes. the one I've been drawn to since I heard about it on the pod. I don't know how many episodes ago. Unmatched Battle of Legends. So yeah, it sounds dope. Uh, Rob Davio and a couple other designers designed this game. Rob Davio designed the earlier Star Wars Epic Duels. Sure. This is basically a evolution of Star Wars Epic Duels. Star Wars Epic Duels had dice. This has no dice. This has card sets for each player. It is a short 20 to 40-minute skirmish game mm-hmm. be, uh, where each person picks a legend. Uh, you can pick in the original set. You can pick Medusa. You can pick King Arthur. You can pick Sinbad. Or you can pick Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Uh, interesting thing about it is that it has that really interesting combination of each character has their own deck of cards, which mm-hmm. means they have their own strategy. They have their own minion which with their own hit points, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's fairly strategic for a 20-minute game. It's really, it, you're always trying to figure out what's the right balance, right? How, how heavy is it? How crunchy is it? How much how, how brain burnery is it versus how much light and fun and, and how much does it move? And this game seems to hit a pretty good balance of those and two things. Is it one-on-one you choose one yeah. character? Yes, sir. Or you have a team no. versus, I got it. One-on-one. One-on-one. Which is probably why it hasn't made it to the table in our gaming group is that we don't do, we we do don't that. do two-player yeah, games no. very often. We, 
Exactly. I would like to try it though. We we, we should we should. I don't know. We actually have two. We have we have the the new Marvel uh, card uh, mm-hmm. card game as well that we have to review. I mean, I, so we I have a couple. Of that's unmatched games, too, or you're exactly. saying just two player? That's not an unmatched, is it? No, it's not unmatched. No, yeah. it's not. But the news today is that unmatched Cobble and Fog is going to be coming out in 2020 uh in the second quarter 2020 sometime between april and summertime which may slip sometimes these things slip but cobble and fog looks interesting it looks like you're going to be able to play the invisible man you're going to be able to play dracula you're going to be able to play jekyll and hyde you're going to be able to play sherlock holmes yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good essentially what they've done is they used to have the license to star wars they mm-hmm. lost that and they said well guess what we're going to improve this game and then we're going to release <laughs> it public with domain public maybe. domain characters <laughs> exactly everyone that's yeah. in the public domain sure i will say as a side note the conan doyle estate claims that sherlock holmes is not public domain really yes Yes, there's a huge battle over that That's right super now. That's interesting to me. The, the, the understanding is is that their case will not hold up, that, that they are too, asserting too it. They're, right, Way they're, too long. They're yeah, asserting right? it, I but mean, they won't. Well, it's, it's not that. What it is is that there are a couple Sherlock Holmes stories that fit the definition of not in the public domain, but everything else everything else that was written for Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain, and they're trying to make an argument that because there's a, a mm-hmm. couple stories that that fit one category that everything has to go in there. And uh, the people that, uh, that we've had this conversation in the movie business a, a yeah. few, a few times, most people in the movie business, you, they're very risk adverse. So what they generally do is they, they pay the Conan Doyle estate to, to use mm-hmm. the property, but they do acknowledge that probably push came to shove. They would win the, they right. would win the suit that it probably is public domain. Well, the movie business wants to protect doesn't want things going to the public domain. I mean, right, of course. True. Not. Blame Disney. I mean, Disney, <laughs> Disney's going to keep their characters out of the public domain as long as they possibly can. Trey's views do not so speak <laughs> for, for my own personal views. Uh, I would just like to say that right now. I love Disney. I think what Disney does is... <laughs> I just signed up for you hear the fear in your voice? Wow. <laughs> Their new uh, channel. I just uh, started paying six bucks a month uh, for Disney. Am I saying this because I am developing a Disney-related property? No, <laughs> no. I'm not saying because of that. No. It's because of my true, uh, long, and abiding love yeah. of yeah. Walt, the Walt Disney sure. Company and Walt Disney Studios. So did uh, Mandalorian made you go and buy Disney Plus, or what did you, are you just? I mean, oh, that plus I have a five year old, and now I can watch all those movies. Oh, okay, the fi- I, honestly, five year old that really was big. Okay, yeah. Have, you, I, have I you seen the like, first two first two of Mandalorian? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I've got to figure out who I'm going to mooch off of. You can have mine. I have no. I, I'll share. You just, you give me your login. Yeah, that's absolutely. where again does not speak for not the podcast. You, not only do you not speak for me, but I just want to <laughs> make you aware that what you're doing on a public airwave, you are com- you're committing a crime. No, uh, right I would never do this. Yes, no. you are. Yes, you are. When I said mooch, I meant come over and spend time Talking with a friend. About a crime is not committing a crime. Yes, it is. No, no. Hey, Trey, you want to rob a bank? That's not committing a crime. Are we, are we back to the sideshow, Bob? You know, no, <laughs> okay. no award for we're attempted just, chemistry. We're going to save just... this for when Dimitri is on the, on the podcast. When Dimitri's on, he will he will go over. Dimitri, just uh, when you listen to this, just write oh, this yeah. down. He's okay. already and right. we're we'll have, for all Dimitri. the people listening hey, that are really caring. You cannot have my wink, wink password. Anyway, unmatched. Good game. Very Good interesting game. game. Try it. And there is Cobble and Fog, which to me, Invisible Man, Jekyll and Hyde, Dracula, and Sherlock Holmes. That sounds a lot. F- that sounds more sounds fun cool. than than Sinbad, Medusa. I thought there was going to be like and Bruce King Lee. Arthur. And that's a different one. That's they a different one. They have that, that, that too. One. They have that, that one too. Matt was telling me about They're that. coming out with more and more and more. Interesting, interesting note. We're moving into another era. 
Turns out that Alexa now can teach you how to play Ticket to Ride. You can say, hey, Alexa, launch Ticket to Ride and, or launch Ticket to Ride Europe, two versions of Ticket to Ride. And not only will it teach you how to play, but it can be one of the players in the game or it can simply keep score for you. You can say green builds El Paso to Arkansas or whatever, right? And it will keep track of that, keep track of your points and keep track of, of what the score of everybody okay, so is. Okay, so how many steps from that to Ender going into the dream game are we? Because it really doesn't feel like very far. I think we're still pretty far from, from Ender, but not that, not that far I really. Mean, yeah, geez, it's getting there. That's, that's spooky to me. Sorry. It's getting there. Love computers, but whoa. Alexa, do a game brain podcast <laughs> on teaching games. By the way, I do apologize to everybody whose Alexas are going <laughs> off right now. <laughs> oh, wow. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're all doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Alexa, call mom. Alexa, order go. Game Brain Premium content. <laughs> we don't have Game Brain Premium no, content. No, but call but, your mother. But if we did, that's a good move. That's a good move. Anyway, uh, I haven't tried it yet. I, I kind of want to try it. I want to see how Alexa is as a teacher. Uh, teaching games is, is an art. You have that in your house and you use it on a regular? No. Of? No, me neither. No, I, I don't want, no. I, I don't like an, I don't no, like an active no, microphone no, in my house. No, no, I mean, no. other than your iPhone, you mean? Yeah, no, I guess that's, <laughs> I, I guess that is, that is I true. I have no secrets, luckily, because otherwise. I, I've, Apple, I've got Apple a Huawei better, phone, but, so I'm feeling very safe. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Apple is better about privacy, I believe, to some degree. Next up, let us talk about South Park. South Park did an episode last week called Board Girls. Now, we've already said that they have had some episodes where you look in the background and you can see board games on their shelf that were, they yeah, had Dune, one, they had Gaslands. This one went crazy. This one went crazy. They went, they went all I, I out. I thought of you when I watched it, actually. Oh, my God. I was literally like, oh, I bet you he has all those. Yes. I bet you he has every single one. Almost, almost yeah. all of them. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. So they mentioned Board Game Geek. They mentioned the Dice Tower. They mentioned Game Night, which is a Let's Play channel. Uh, they mentioned Tom Vassell, the creator of Dice Tower, Rodney Smith, Becca Scott. They mentioned Vittle Lacerda. Okay, they mentioned Lacerda in here. And Uva Rosenberg, by the way, our first debate between Matt and I mm -hmm. was a debate between exactly those two designers. It was a heated debate. They also mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, Nemo's War, the one-player game that just came out that, that, we, that we were talking about with mm -hmm. Matt. Escape Plan, a Vittle Lacerda game. Legion, Blood and Plunder, Endeavor, Age of Sail, Nemesis, Fury of Dracula, Star Trek Ascendancy. It goes on and on and on. They went nuts. They were really doing, they were doing a great thing. They were advertising this hobby yeah. to, to their huge base. No, once it's been on South Park, then it's like a real thing. Or does this mean that South Park's finally over? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> right, this that is, was it. This is the Fonzie jumping That's the shark it. moment. That's it. Don't do that. Don't, why you gotta do that? For me, the pinnacle was the wow episode. This may not I, be that the, for me. I was like, and we're good. We're this done. may not be the most positive game brain podcast <laughs> ever. I'm this feeling particular positive. one. Great. I'm bringing the positivity. I'm very do positive. It. Jake, you and I are gonna have to counter try. Okay, we just right. got it. We just gotta throw right. out those positive vibes. I was certainly not saying anything. No, no, no. I know for reels no, against no, know. South Park. No, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> In other news, Gloomhaven has an expansion coming out, Jaws of the Lion. This is going to be a new mass market Gloomhaven game. It's going to come out in the third quarter of next year. And Jaws of the Lion refers to a specific mercenary group based out of the sleeping lion naturally. And the players will be taking part as characters in that mercenary group. 
They're also going to introduce you to a fourth member of the Jaws, a human called the Void Warren. And there's a cool artwork of that you can see at cephalofair.com. I highly recommend you check it out. Looks really good. If you love Gloomhaven, how are you not going to be getting this? You're going to be getting We know what you're going to do. We know you're going to be getting this. Tim Fowers, who, we're, who Trey is going to be hanging out with in just a day, I think. Tim Under Fowers, 24 hours, yeah. man. Tim Fowers <laughs> has a new game out that got a absolute rave. Oh, sorry about that. Got an absolute rave from, no pun included, a review that we like very much. Uh, Sabotage is their game. Sabotage. Oh, I like that one. You like Sabotage? Is that the one with the, the water coming down the... Oh, Barrage. Barrage. Barrage, you're thinking of. No, 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 no. Sabotage is a new game, a game that we have not not gotten yet. So what they compare Sabotage to, and I think rightly, is Captain Sonar. If you've never played Captain Sonar, it is best at eight players. Four people on one side of the table, four people on the other side of the table. Huge screen. Trey watching from a safe distance. Trey Trey not even showing up. This is the submarine thing. I tried this once. Yes. Nerve-wracking. I hated it. (laughs) <laughs> you and Trey, you and Trey are in absolute agreement. I love you, man. That was, I love you too. Trey. No, Trey's, that for me was just when it was over, Trey I was, was just shaking. like, oh, thank God. Like, I never want to do that again. Sabotage might not be a game for no, you probably then. probably not. Now, though, <laughs> though it is, it is more of a game than that is. What that essentially is, is it's four player per side. Oh, what's the game? Battleship. Battleship, yeah. Battleship very much. Yeah, it is. Sabotage is a little bit different. Four people are playing spies. Uh, two, I'm sorry, two people are playing spies. The other two people are playing supervillains. The supervillains are trying to find and capture and kill the spies. The spies are trying to disarm the global destruction yeah, weapons right, in right. time. You are... Mo- Sounds like Mark Nell's game that he's... Mark Nell's working on a game, too. Yeah, Mark Nell's working on a game, so... Sounds, a little, sounds a little like it. Mark, you're going to have to check out Sabotage. We're going <laughs> to try, Nell, we're gonna try and get ourselves a copy of it, and we're going to see where it's at, because it is hidden movement. It is. It, it has a lot of. It has a lot of things that are very. Does it have that, that timer sound like what Mark element talking about. of the other one? Where you're like, ah, oh, run, I, hurry, No, it yeah. is not real time. It is okay, not real time. Do I have to makes... draw? Do I have to draw a line in between two narrow lines <laughs> yeah, with my right. shaking hands? Yeah. Okay. The two of you both have a problem with uh, with real time games yes. and time pressure. Correct. So I get that. This game does not have that. Yeah. What this game does have is programmable actions where you're going to be programming the. You're going to roll four dice. And whatever those numbers are, you're going to call out those numbers, and every other player has to use those numbers. So if you have a number that is one, two, f- one through four on the die, you can use that for movement. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. use that for various actions, cool. right? If you have that. five or yeah. six, if you have five or six, a five or six on the die, you cannot use for movement, but you can use it to disarm a bomb, or you can right. use it to attack a spy right. and things That's like clever. that. So you're trying to figure out where the spies are. You're trying to figure out what's mm-hmm. what's going on. You're working together with a with a partner on your side of the map so that you can see what's going on. Okay, it sounds really good. I just have to say, Tim Tim Fowers has not... I don't think he's made a game I don't like yet. I honestly cannot think of a game that I do not truly, truly like that he is that he has made. So uh, I'll, I'll check out anything that he's got. And I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Next up, the New York Times, ever on the pulse of America, <laughs> uh, did an opinion article this year called Why the Cool, Why the cool Kids Are Playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it is by Annalee Newitz. She is a science journalist and a novelist, and she wrote a... She knew to Earth. She wrote a little pay-on about, uh, about how Stranger Things has changed the, the metric, and now cool people are playing D&D, and that sales are up 30% and all this sort of stuff. And um, I feel like 
she should have looked researched ahead and see, saw that there have been numerous articles about exactly the same the same trend that have been going on for a while. Uh, it's a great thing in the hobby. Listen, I don't mind. I don't mind the, the New York Times getting in on this. I don't mind more people talking about the fact that our hobbies, the hobbies of tabletop role playing and tabletop board gaming are both picking up in a big way and kind of catching a breeze at their back, right? They're being mm-hmm. carried into the into the popular imagination. They're no longer so niche, no longer something mm-hmm. that, you know, it used to be that you would say, I play these games and people would say, I don't know what that is. Then after a while they'd say, oh, like Settlers of Catan, mm-hmm. which was an improvement. Nowadays they're saying, "Oh, really? Is is it like? Is it more like Gloomhaven, or is it, or is it more like Concordia, or whatever?" They probably wouldn't say Concordia, but they would say something, right? They would have a a vocabulary. They, the people are getting more exposed to these various games. I think it's a great thing. I think it's. I'm just really, really happy that you know it's always nice to find something that you love to find out that it's the sort of niche group, and then to see it blossom and to see it grow and to see it expand and. Uh, what I'm really happy with is is that most board gamers are not uh, protective of their community to the degree that they're exclusionary, mm-hmm. right? That they're mm-hmm. they're they're happy to let. No, if anything, I think they would champion it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're somewhat evangelistic, if I can use exactly that term. Exactly right. Yeah, to get more people into it, which is pretty great. And last but not least, this is um, this is tangentially game related. So let's talk about it. Survivor. Many, right. many seasons of Survivor. There was a controversy on that. It is a game, and it is a game that it, basically it's real is life. It though? Is well, it a game? It definitely is. Is it? If Avalon is a game, then it is a game. I don't know. I think it's a TV show. Well, it's it's, it's obviously a TV, a TV show, show that's but supposed but to look like people, a game. people people play it. As what a game. happened? Do Tom? they though? What is the news? So there was a player. Mm-hmm. Let's call him Hansy McGropyhands. Okay. And Hansy McGropyhands was on camera. They've shown him many times. <laughs> McCantying? Yeah, McCantying, you know. <laughs> Hansy got a hands, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a player that complained about it, complained about it to sure, the other players, sure. complained about it to the producers. Sure, sure. And then said, we need to get this guy off. I don't feel comfortable around mm-hmm. him. I don't... Mm-hmm. Two other women were in agreement that that was really, really bad and then proceeded to play the game and vote her off. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a problem. The problem so is... So as is of the Roots recording, Hansi McCants is still on the show? As far as I know, yes. He is still on the show. He was... This given, is all recorded probably months yes. ago, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he was, absolutely. He was given, no, yeah, it was. He, he was given an opportunity in tribal council to to make a big apology to say, I am so sorry. This is not okay that any, if anybody feels that way, obviously, you know, I believe what they're, what they're saying. I did not mean to do any of this and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. The problem is that the, the, when you come to a producer and you say there is sexual harassment going on and you're in a social game where people are manipulative of other people you have to take that seriously. You have to okay. do something about it. Because if you don't, you're you're opening that up to becoming a gameplay element. I agree with that. If mm-hmm. we could assume that all of the contestants, and I'm doing little air quotes, you can't see it, but my, with my fingers, have agency, which I do not believe they do. So it's they definitely, really... They definitely mm, do. I it's not very listen. easily make an argument that says every single thing that every single one of those people is doing, they're being told to do by the people they're complaining to. 
And no. so really, uh, what are we talking about? No, I mean, it's it, just it, television. Are you no, saying no, no, that no. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? I'm not definitely not saying that. Look, look, we know that reality television has very little reality to it. We it's know that these are these are constructed. These are constructed narratives. But one hundred percent constructed. But I don't only, think it's, I don't think it is. But in, oh, in I, no no no. In, I believe it's in me. Survivor. In Survivor, it is. You not need the happy well, accidents. You need you need the the rant. Like you, you, if you scripted no, you it, it would be boring. Do, do you, you need no, the, you it need, is boring. No 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 no. Jake, here's the deal. The twenty one scandal. Do you remember the twenty one scandal? No, there was a, there was me. the movie Quiz Show. <laughs> we're not that old. Oh, yeah. Do you remember we're the movie? old. We're not I mean, that old. I remember and I love that movie, okay. but I wasn't alive so when that. That happened. was about that was about a game show sure. that people invested themselves in, sure. and then they found out that it was rigged. Right. And it nearly brought down the network. It it Correct. caused huge huge, huge problems. problems. A game show in which you can win a million dollars. Those producers will urge people to repeat what they said earlier so they can get it on camera. They will do all that kind of stuff, but they are not going to put their finger on any kind of scale that is going to affect who survives and who doesn't survive. They I have think to be I super careful about that. the other side of that coin then. I very easily believe they would and do, and that's not even a problem for me because it's entertainment. I think that they influence things, but I don't, I don't believe this is I strict. think it would be silly to think that if they did influence, why wouldn't they control it completely? There have, only, there have been a few accusations over the seasons that there, were, there was some skullduggery and that they were pushing somebody. I'm not even or pushing, judging them for doing or it, Or pushing something. Whatever makes the best TV you want to make. But look, this is not the whole thing. This is not so, playing yeah, out. Okay, but I, I just don't think I don't think scripting it is going to be the most interesting thing. Yeah, I think actually having the impromptu stuff of actual conflict is what's actually going to like make the show. You got to leave. You got to create that space for sure. it to happen. The formula is clear. The formula yeah. is is get together <laughs> cast awful people. Is, yeah. is, is, is that's right. So, that's right. Okay, that's right. So cast if, cast right. eighteen to twenty borderline sociopaths. That, that agency then starve them to death. Sure. Watch them get at each other's throats sure. and, and Other see what happens. Other people's suffering has always been good entertainment. We know that. You know, as far back as like Coliseum, sure. Coliseum killing and all that. But sure. like, what is the ethical situation? Assuming they do have agency, that the, they metagamed they the game. They definitely do. Well, no, the agency, what it is, is here's the, here's the problem. The problem is, is that you have a credible visual, something you can see report of sexual harassment. You have somebody saying, I do not like to be touched that way. Please don't touch me that way. Was that actually aired? Yes. Why would, isn't that irresponsible then of the showrunner to air such a thing? Why? It it happened. So you're saying the show should hide that fact? I don't think they should hide it, but if it's part of some kind of investigation. He's advocating for a cover up. Look at that. I wouldn't have thought that from Well, Jay. here's the wow. thing. I think the whole thing is scripted anyway. Okay. But I'm trying to see it from your point of view of like, if it's real. Okay. So you then... don't believe women. Well, it... Okay. Jake <laughs> doesn't believe women. I, so it would we probably be essential because it explains what happened at tribal council. Like if they had cut all that stuff out and then she gets... Then the story wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but I think... But it's also Which like this probably is going to lend... This will be huge ratings, Some, right? Something like, this again is, This is not bad publicity. Something rare happened yeah. on the show. Something rare happened on the show. Okay. They, they showed a conversation between a cast member and a, producer. and a producer. So they broke that fourth wall. They didn't, they didn't show the producer, but they had the, the voice. Done of the produ- before. Not often, very yeah. rarely. Yeah. They are reluctant to You know, do there that. was a really funny Simpsons episode from this season that did this, where she wants to be on a fake version of uh, the amazing place, I think they call it in the Simpsons. <laughs> right. And they get on and immediately get, you know, knocked off. And it's a, they're making fun of this exact thing. Jake, read the room here. The, what we're talking about here is that <laughs> there is a woman that was claiming sexual harassment happened. Okay. She was not listened to. Okay. 
the her her issue was not dealt with in a real way. Okay. And she was the one who paid the penalty for that. And okay. the person who was the harasser not only lives to fight another day, but was given a soapbox on which to say, hey, I'm super sorry about this. I didn't mean anything like that. And other women who were supposed to be supposed mm-hmm. to be sympathetic turned on the reportee, the report, the reporter, I should say, to right. the person who reported this. What it is is it is ringing true to too many women right now that this is exactly what happens in real life all the time. That that women are reporting sexual harassment, that the harassers are going uh, are getting away scot free. Mm-hmm. And that the women that have reported the harassment are the ones that see the initial uh, and early punishment for having reported it. Oh, I have no doubt that that is happening all sure. the time in real life. Yeah. So uh, the question is, is and I'm glad, I'm glad that the conversation is erupting around this. I'm glad that the conversation is coming out because in a social deduction game, which essentially is what this is, right? I mean, that's what Survivor is. Survivor is trying to figure out who are my allies and who are my enemies and what can I do. The moment you have real-world problems that come into that thing, it is so easy for that to be gamified. It is so easy for that to become a bargaining chip, for it to become a thing that that can be used against people. And what is to stop people from doing that more and more often, which is why I think the producers have made a huge error. I think they should have dealt with this in a not just let let them play but no we're gonna we're gonna stop we're gonna we're gonna press hold on this we're gonna investigate and we're going to deal with this we're not gonna let the game continue until we have until we have looked into this and and dealt with think, and dealt with the ramifications I, I, totally, I actually totally agree with that mm-hmm. do you think the the errors of this program are ethically responsible in any way for essentially advertising a scenario which does occur all the time in real life sure as entertainment. It's not an educational program. No. It's not any kind of like, you know, news. It's just, here, here's something to watch for fun. This week's episode, a woman gets harassed and ends up being the victim. Let, so, I mean, is that something this, that we should be putting on TV for everyone to see? Well, I think that there are limits, right? If, if a Survivor cast member started beating the heck out of one of the fellow cast members in order to win the next vote, right? right? To, to right. break their legs so they can't compete in the sure. next challenge, they'd be on a boat. Right. Well, that probably wouldn't make it to the, the air. I mean, I don't think they'd show no, that. Oh, no, they would because because all of a sudden that person isn't there. They absolutely would. As a matter of fact, I believe something like that has happened in the past where they have, they've had to remove a person for playing incorrectly. I really have to suspend my disbelief to, right. to even have this conversation, to be honest, because I, I don't think it's real at all. Paul should not go on Survivor. <laughs> like, this, is this is, are we, what, what we're Survivor. talking about here, metagame harder? Is that what's... A little bit. A little bit. I, I think I think Paul would do... The problem is... I think is, Paul would win. No, Honestly. here's the issue. The issue is how do you deal with starvation? Because what it really comes down to, it really is. No, seriously. What you don't think about, you're what thinking are you about, saying, oh, here's, Tom? here's what, are what are I would saying? do. No, no, no. I'm saying I don't know. I'm saying that you heard what he said. I know Paul, what he's saying. Look, Paul heard. You're what saying he said. those of us with a few extra. <laughs> no, last not a bit longer. Not necessarily. Like those burgers to keep us up. I don't think that a 300-pound person on Survivor or a 100-pound person near on Survivor. Pounds. No, 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 no. Paul's quite fit, actually. I'm making. Well, I'm making an example. 
I'm saying that a 300-pound <laughs> person on Survivor is starving just as much as a 120-pound person. Sure. You're but starving. a fat person's hungry. You're starving. Let's face it. Paul should be here to defend himself. Some people I'm can... I'm praising him. He doesn't need look, defense from I me. I think some people can starve and still be decent no, people. No, obviously And right. some people yeah, yeah. starve and they lose their darn minds. Like my son. And that would be Paul. I mean, if my kid yep. misses like a snack... He's it's Jekyll and Hyde. Oh yeah, he turns into a monster. And by the way, at, at the age you're at the age yeah. your, your boy is, that's yeah. that's the way they are. Yes, my daughter is is still that way. She I feel is like I'm still very out very of that hole. very I'm affected very by old. food. If I'm hungry. I could turn into a monster myself. Yeah, yeah. She it, she'll be she'll be totally out of sorts. Yep. You give her an energy bar or something Some like calories, that. Calories. Everything sweet totally as fine. a daisy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. Absolutely. I think that's the that's the way they're yeah. they're wired at those ages, and that's fine. It's been has it been it's almost been ten years. Is it time for another weight loss challenge? <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, come January. Percent in for Are we in? Oh yeah, I would one million percent be in on that, dude. Okay, we'll do it. So eight, we did eight percent. Eight percent. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we will say that about ten years ago, we did a weight loss challenge. We figured yep. that the best way for gamers to lose weight is to make it a game. Yeah. And so we said we're going to lose ten pound, ten uh, percent of our body weight in three months. Ten percent yeah, of our no, body weight I, in three months. I could. I could and we were each going to put in. Two hundred dollars, hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, it was two hundred. Two hundred dollars, yeah. Two hundred dollars each. Wait, I gotta think about. Not that. a month. No, oh, you can't oh, do three oh, months. Oh, would be really oh, three months. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say no. That's three really months. Fast. So three, three. Paul will a month, do ten percent in a, in two weeks. Yeah, right. at the end, <laughs> but that's yeah. not what it's supposed to be. No, no, no. no. The idea I'm is in. that, I'm in and for that if you make if you hit your mark, you don't owe the two hundred dollars. Right. It's only the people that didn't. Totally. And their money is divided between. Totally, totally. I love it. I'm in. Out of the ten people, I think you and I were the only ones to finish. Both times. Both times. Yeah, that's true. Story. First time we did it, it was who lost the most weight. And then I think we got near the end and we started to hedge. <laughs> yeah. And we like made a, a winner's deal no, I like so percentage. that we didn't kill ourselves. I was, I was 1% ahead of you. And I was just like, I don't want to do this for the last three days. Yeah. And you were like, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And since then, we've just made it. If you make weight, Correct. you're, you're you, part you, of the prize pool. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm in. Yeah. And, and Trey and I were the only two finishers it's the not last even, two It's times not the money. It. It's the social pressure. Oh, absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. Very much Absolutely. so. I think I'm up for it. All right. I'm definitely up for it. Well, that was game news. Obviously. Let's talk about games on the brain really briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, Jake, is there, is there any game that's on your brain right now? What are, you, what are you thinking about these days, if you're thinking about games at all? I'm not. It could be, I'm not it could, really it could thinking be, about games. It could be a game on your phone. It could be a game you play with your kids. It could be anything. I mean, I have... Phone games that I play in minutes when I have free, but they're the same games. It's been for years. There's nothing. <laughs> Do you need some new ones? Nothing. You know, I look every now and then. I look, and nothing really. The closest thing to a new game that I'm excited about is the one we played a couple of weeks ago. The where it's like robots. Ricochet, Robot. Ricochet robots. That one spoke to me perfectly. I Such loved a great it. Game. I can play that every day. Is there an app? There's no app of that though. Is there? They have a weird one that sort not, of mimics it, good. but it's okay. terrible. It's like a penguin, and it, it's not you really. Sh- you should get that game and play I, with your son. I think I will. It, he can yeah, play I think it. I will. Have you tried the Through the Ages app? No. Okay, because that's that's one of my games on the brain, and I didn't know, but uh, Maddie has played a lot of that. He just hasn't played the new cards yet. Right. So if yeah. you started playing that, okay. like we might be able to actually have some asynchronous. Sure. For those games. that for those that forget, we talked about this in the news in the past. There was supposed to be a new expansion for Through the Ages that was going to be released at Essen. It did not make it to Essen it because delayed. there was a card there. There was a Got card printing error. Or exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. But when you play the online app, you can play with those cards. Cool. Yeah, it's an expansion. Correct. It's like a three ninety nine expansion where they did a rebalance on the so original what is it? cards. It's like- Magic? 
basically? Like it's a card game like Magic? No, it's Magic? a Civ game. It's, uh, oh. it's like... Um, it, in Through okay. the Ages, it's, it's in the top 10, BGG top 10. Oh, yeah. And it's actually a game that I did not like when I played it in person. And I still, I would not recommend that you actually play the tabletop version. Like, I think my objection was like, it's super fiddly with a ton of maintenance and stuff, but the app takes care of it. To be all. clear, cool. are you talking about the original Through the Ages that you and I played together? Or are you talking about the new Through the Ages game that was from about four years ago? Wait, isn't that just a re? Isn't that just a remake? It's different. It is different, and it's much, much better. Yeah. Okay. If you when you play okay, well, Nations, maybe that's it one of the basically reason. it basically is like playing Nations. So which okay. which is a derivation of it. So the app that's out now just is very it good. Yeah. It, it, it the fiddliness it of the in person game is taken care of by the app, so it goes very quickly. It's a very well designed game that that is improved immensely by being an app. Mm-hmm. And, it, and even then, I, I'm not sure I'd want to play it in person because it's a, a little too brutal, actually. Um, there's a certain kind of like uh, Serengeti aspect to this game where sure. the, the way that the military works is like when you fall behind on military, it's very common for the other three competitors to kind of then gang up on Got you it. and rip your flesh out sure. because you're vulnerable. And so suddenly you're, you know, they're all at 200 points and you're at 50. Why are you looking at Jake when you're saying this? I'm explaining because games I'm like the little lady. baby fawn. That's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's taking a you're, step into the wrong felt. You're the gazelle. And I'm inviting you, you, I'm inviting you into the Serengeti. I'm, I'm saying, let's like play, Jake. A beautiful little come, deer. little beautiful fawn. Play <laughs> just wants through to play the with ages everybody. With, with me and and Maddie. I will. I will try it. On my brain is BGGCon, which is uh, is coming up in just a few days. I, I'm literally putting together a list of the games that I'm going to want to play most of all, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of games that I want to play and try that are only and play more. There. Well, that that I don't have yet, right? And so I should be able to cool. find them there and and play them. And there's a very long list, which I should say that uh, we will likely not have a an episode next Monday. Because we will have just gotten back from BGGCon. But the plan is to release a extra turn uh, shortly thereafter, which will be the recordings that have been called together of our trip to BGGCon. And that'll be a special episode that we will put out. It may come out a week after on that on that following Monday. We may release it's tough. it. That's Thanksgiving week, so it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it may Plus, it may This one is so good, they could just listen to it two in a row. Yeah, just listen to this yeah. again. That's what's on my mind. Update on the 8 by 8 challenge. We didn't do anything no. on the 8 by 8 no. challenge. That's okay. We got a lot of new stuff to we get through. We should, though, because you got bus. That. So that should... We should Dude, play we're bus. Gonna, we're going to play Which some one bus. Is bus. Bus is the new splatter. Yeah. Splat- well, it's not new. So we had fast uh, food chain magnate on the list and then mm-hmm. we changed it to any splatter game. Right. I remember when you did and that. And we just have bus. We just came out a new edition of it, which is one of the earliest splatter games. And I think the only major splatter game that I didn't own. So now I own... I have the whole set. I've I've caught them all, <laughs> as it were. Set collection meta. Let's get into the game review. The game review we're talking about today is Trismegistus. It is a 2019 design that just came out a few weeks ago at Essen. The designers are Federico Pierlorenzi and Danielle Tashini. You recognize those names because they are part of that Italian collective that has designed some of our absolute favorite games. The artists are Paul Nizolek. Uh, and Polino Vok. It is 90 to 120 minutes. That is a lie. And the weight yeah. is 4.0. And basically what it is, 
is it is an alchemy-themed game. Trismegistus is the name of Hermes Trismegistus, who was the first alchemist and the man who wrote a lot of the treatises that all kinds of other alchemists after him would take at face value. Basically, alchemy, the history of alchemy is... uh, it's like chiropractic. Isaac Newton. Well, no, no, no. Well, Jake, Isaac Newton. Jake, why don't you explain what you do in this game? Okay. You've played it one time. I played it one time. Tell, tell us what do you do in this okay, game. Okay, first of all, I thought the teach was really good. I Thank felt you. like I was playing the game. I mean, obviously not on the level of which many plays would make it happen. But what do you do what, in this game? Jake? Here's what you basically do. You're trading a red piece for a blue piece, for a yellow piece, for you know, a hamburger. It's like you're just turning one thing into another (laughs) to try and turn it into the next thing to try and turn it into the next thing. And why are we doing that? I mean, for points? No, no. Okay, so it's it's, you're trying to get lead into gold, right? Because that's the whole theory of that, that, let's call it a science. I guess it's a science, sort of. Um, Isaac Newton. That's the overlay. But really, you're just kind of turning one thing into another, into another, into another. Isaac Newton's I mean, entire life was dedicated to alchemy. All well, of his, all of his, no, all of his physics discoveries were his side gig. His main focus was alchemy, because one proton, I believe, or one neutron, separates lead from gold. So the close. most valuable thing and the least valuable thing. So and so they were trying to figure out how do we make one into another. We know that we can make isotopes. We know that we can do these various things. How do we mm-hmm. do this? And the brightest mind. Couldn't quite do couldn't it. couldn't do it. quite do it. So there are you have a player board and remember for people sending in corrections for Tom's understanding of chemistry. That's contact at gamebrainpod.com. We're not really Thank talking you. about chemistry though, are we? No, we're talking about alchemistry. Alchemistry, yeah. exactly right. You have a player board in front of you. You are going to start off with one bit of one sample yeah, of lead material, a sample of copper, mm-hmm. a sample of tin, and a sample of mercury. By the way, from this period, mercury is a cure-all. You can swallow it whole. Just and rub it all over your face. It will... It will <laughs> your acne. Yeah, it'll do a lot of good things for you. It'll really help you out. So you should really... Absolutely. Really do that. Anyway, what you're... And then beyond that, there is iron, there mm-hmm. is silver, and there mm-hmm. is gold. Yep. In the game, you are going to... We're going to roll a pool of dice, and the dice are going to have their three colors, red dice, uh black dice and white dice, and they are going to have the symbols of those various substances on mm-hmm. them. They will not have a gold symbol. They will ha- not have a silver symbol, but all of the other uh, metals, they will mm-hmm. have that symbol. They will be separated into little pots, and then when it is your turn to go, if you do not have a die already, you will be able to grab one of those dice. Mm-hmm. If I grab a die from a pool that has four dice of that type, then I get that die at a strength of four. H just means you could use it four times. Correct. I have a potency of four. That means I'm going to be able to use it four times. What can I use it for? Well, I can use I can use one step or more steps to get that element. Mm-hmm. So if I take lead, I can and at four I could be a resource. spend the whole thing and take four lead and mm-hmm. just put them right down there. Another thing is in order to in order to transmute these metals into other metals, in order to move them up the noble chain, you have to have noble essences, uh, alchemical essences, essentially. Mm -hmm. These are mystical things that we don't quite understand what they are, but think of them like catalysts catalysts. in a a reaction that are going to allow something to happen. Each metal has a catalyst for that metal. Mm -hmm. That's not true. 
One of them. That's not true. One That's of them. There's groupings. It's you can groupings. use any catalyst you want to transmute. No, what Some, I'm saying is, is when you when you're using a dye, you can oh, use okay. it to, to get one kind to of catalyst them in the first place. Yeah, Correct. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could spend a dye point okay. to get the catalyst that that mm -hmm. that that type gives you. Sure. Some of them, one of them anyway, iron allows you to get any type of catalyst. Yeah. Most others give you only one type. Right. That's third one of the thing, three things. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Third thing you can do is you can transmute elements. Transmuting elements does not rely on the, on the shape of the die, the symbol the, on the, the die. Yeah. It relies on the color of the die. Because right. if you want to transmute lead into copper or copper into tin, those have black lines that connect mm -hmm. those. So black dice can mm -hmm. do that. To go from tin to mercury or from mercury to iron, those are white connections. Mm-hmm. So you have to use white dice. If you want to go from iron to silver or silver to gold, that is red connections. Right. So you have to use red dice to do that. Whenever you do a transmutation, what you're doing is, is you're moving a cube from one section of your board to the next section of mm -hmm. your board. And you always have to spend an alchemical symbol. And whenever you spend that alchemical symbol, that essence, you are moving up a track that is showing your mastery of that particular essence. Yeah. And each one of the four essences in the game relate to one of the four... Elements. Elements. Yeah. I think of Earth, all the games... air, water, yeah. and fire. Of, of all the games that I get a glimpse that there's so much more to understand, yeah. this one does that really well for me. Like, I played <laughs> it, yeah. and I could see there was, like, a superstructure just waiting to be discovered that it would all tie together so much more logically if you had a full grasp of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, the processes and the way they've scattered your resources and your choices that yeah. you need to try and reweave it by options of how you use the dice. It's interesting, but it was, well, I yeah. want to, I want to thank you for saying that I taught it well, because you did. I taught it much better the second time. And well, I really felt like I had an idea of what I was, what I was teaching in a, sure. in a, in a better way. Well, the next time we play, you're going to have to reteach it to me. So I'll That's, get it as an even better. This is a game that I think most people are going to need to be re <laughs> retaught. This is yeah. a, let's be clear. This is a tough teach. This is a tough teach. Part of the problem is that when you have a game that is very much a clockwork, and this is a clockwork, yeah. these are gears within gears. It is, these yeah. are, this action needs to do this, which does this. This action gets you this, which mm -hmm. gets you this, which gets you this. There is a, there, there are a lot of mechanisms that interact with other mechanisms yep. in this game. When I have a game that is like that, I tend to rely on the theme to understand the game. You That's understand right. what I'm saying? Yes. In uh, in Agricola, the in order to feed my family, I need to build fences so that I can hold animals. And I get that. That makes sense, right? right. But then I also need to buy a fireplace so I can cook well, those the, animals. Well, the pieces so and so forth. in Agricola, the vegetables look like vegetables. Not, the not, grain, not the base game, but yeah. Really? Just cubes. Just saying. The grain looks like grain. The right. pigs look like pigs. The cows look like cows. And the this sheep look like sheep. The peat farmers that. look like farmers. Yeah. I think one of the things that Tom was doing and explaining it to make it actually seem like it makes more sense than it actually does is he's talking about iron and copper and tin. Yeah. While we were actually playing this game, and Just I would say to you, Jake, yeah. please point to iron. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. Only by where it was on the board. Well, I... You, you have then, to look. You have to look into the game rules yes. to know that this symbol means. Yes, you do. Iron. As it's, it is, a, these are just kind no, of the Roman symbols. What, what were these symbols that were used? No, they're like astrological. Some of them they're are like astrological, astrological symbols I guess. for Mercury. Yeah, I mean, they're they're 
they're no, just no, but, they're, but, that whole, but I often struggled in this game to actually find a word for the thing that I was pointing at. It's like I'm gonna do this. What yeah. is this symbol? But they clearly did that as another layer of complexity for you to decode. Yeah. That's not like by accident. They're but, like, hey, we'll make it even that much more complicated by it's a, okay, no. I would say that's a flaw. That's well, a I didn't flaw. like the game either, but that's neither here nor. I mean, Look, the fact of the matter is, is that when you have a very very complex game, understanding the theme of the game can help you understand what the game is. That is not the case. And as I was yes. saying in Agricola, Agricola has a whole bunch of little yeah. mini games and mini actions sure. and things that you understand not because you understand them because it's totally clear how to do this and how to do that. It's clear because I understand the story that is yeah. being told. Sure. And once you understand the story that's being told, everything starts to make sense, that right? Makes sense. Oh, that's the rule for that? Uh, yeah, that right. makes sense. And I and now I I'm can a farmer. I am collecting animals. I have right. to keep them somewhere right. and then you they will breed them. and yeah, I can yeah, cook yeah. them and eat them. Unfortunately, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, science education in America being what it is, we do not have the proper basis for <laughs> our chemical of, yes, of Sadly, we are we are behind. Well, I mean, it's a loose. Kudos to our day. European listeners because clearly you're going to be way ahead of us, and you're yeah, going to got a lot of extra know, gold. Immediately know what these symbols are. So to finish, just kind of like the broad sure. how this yeah. game works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are transmuting all these different elements, and then we are essentially like completing contracts, which yeah. are called experiments. Yes, we yes. have experiment cards, and there are experiment cards that are on the board that we can purchase by spending many of them in our hand though and when yeah. we finish them you get points then we kind of tuck them at the top of our board and we get kind of more bonuses yep. and then we and start more resources we, we start putting together these little tiles that we can get more bonuses when yep. we put them in little lines formula and if we tiles. get all seven formula tiles together then we have completed the philosopher's stone the philosopher's stone harry potter and the philosopher's stone hashtag sure and if it sounds like in our description here that this, you're having a tough time visualizing this, I can tell you that playing the game is not much different no, because we're, 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 there are these uh, mechanisms in the game where I take this square and I take it from here mm -hmm. and I put it there. And yes, I can see I can get some rewards there, but what that is supposed to actually represent. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, they it's, didn't, it's they completely different on that. They don't, that's not. I mean, oh. I always assume that when somebody makes a game, whatever that it is, that's what they meant it to be. Having played and it, having played it three times now, I can sort of see it more. Really? I can see that you, you're, I'm transmuting these elements to conduct experiments. When I conduct an experiment, I have unlocked a formula. That formula goes into the center area of my board where I am basically putting together a list of formulas that are going to unlock the Philosopher's Stone. It's going to unlock the, the mystery of all alchemical reactions, and I'm going to get that. And you just each... made it sound so much more cool than it looks, though, <laughs> to be honest. Like, that yeah. description is, is very generous, as far as like, what's on the table in front of you. That, that's what it is. The, the problem you is that, that it's, you got that creative viewpoint of it, but like, really what it is, it's like you're kind of just pushing pieces, and it's... I Listen, I had to search for the story, yeah. and it took three games to find the story in a, <laughs> right. way that I, in a way that I can tell it well. Okay. But that's but it is there. It's just not evident, and it's not easy to get to because there is not there does not exist a good frame of reference for people to understand it. So it's a, it's a tough game to teach. Yes. It is a harder game to understand. I agree. And especially because like, I think what we're getting at is like it's a very hard game to 
visualize like what are we actually doing yep. here i agree and i think like even at the end of the first game i still was struggling with i'm really not sure i know i'm making one thing into another but and i'm why? completing contracts of doing that and then all this stuff is going to chain together but I, I never got the visual of mm -hmm. and like the steps you're talking about with like formulas in order to like it's pretty um weak or, or I, I, no, no, I, I 100% agree with Trey on this point. Like, it, you can see there's interesting complexity, but there's no... And, I, and like I said, I was struggling even to be able to describe what I was doing. It's yeah. like, I'm going to take this die. Well, what die is that? Well, like, I could look, and eventually I could say, oh, that was a mercury die. Yeah, that was you a don't red know it mercury. just by looking at it. You certainly do. And no. so I think part of this is, like, a good movement in board games was making board games that you that are not language dependent mm -hmm. where the game itself the actual pieces mm -hmm. are good across yeah. the world and this is certainly an well. example of this but i feel like we have gone well, a cost. couple of steps too far yeah. here where um no this game could have been in a foreign language for me and i would have been the same experience or but i think at least if there was a foreign language there and you were trying to pronounce you know well, okay, garçon then, then or like, something like that. Really, yeah. You would still be able to say garçon. You'd yeah, see those no, words. Clear. Symbols, so be clear. Right. If there was a little sticker set that you could get in your language that you could put on your individual board so that you that know helped. this symbol means iron, this it symbol means a little tin, bit, yeah. this a little symbol bit. means that, all of a sudden, a lot of the a lot of the issues yep. go away. Not all the issues, but some of the issues. Right, the player aid should have had that. It has a bad player aid. It is a virtually incomprehensible player aid. It was one of those player aids that after the first game, I looked at the player aid and I was like, oh, now I understand what this is saying. And it's not exactly, the player aid is not telling me what I really want from a player aid particularly well. Let's talk about another issue about the game. Let's talk about how interactive it is. Because it, <laughs> right. is, it is a game in which it does have interaction. Let's be clear. There is a pool of dice in the center of the board. And you are choosing dice out of that. If you choose one of the pools that has four dice in it, and I want to have a die from that, I'm getting a die that's three strength instead of four strength. Correct. So that is less. Absolutely. Right? Uh, there is also... Uh, experiments cards that are on the board. Mm -hmm. There are also artifacts that are on the board. Didn't even talk about artifacts. I'm not going to talk Doesn't about artifacts. Matter. All I want to say is that there are tiles that you can get that you can slot into your board that when you perform a transmutation, you get a bonus for performing that transmutation. Yeah, it's like a tiny little engine builder. Correct. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, so choosing ones that other people want is, a, is an interaction mm -hmm. to some degree. And then there is the... But that all comes down to just turn order. I mean, it's not like you're no. bartering for it or anything or playing for it. No. But the fact of the matter is, is that for most of the play of the game, you are staring at your board, trying to make sense of what is going on, and your, per, and your knowledge of what other people are doing and your ability to be looking at what they're doing and playing against somebody as opposed to playing your own little mini game in front of you, so far, yeah. three plays in, is very light. Yep. is very light. It is very multiplayer solitaire. The one thing they did to to address that was they have a mechanic called reaction tokens, which we call a, we which we call follow tokens because follow which makes more sense. Well, yeah, it, it, because where, where we know this mechanic is yeah. from Glory to Rome. Glory to Rome. Ah, Glory to Rome. <laughs> exactly right. So when we do when we do, I'm not going to say Glory to Rome again. Oh, no, I just Rome. said it. Glory to Rome. Glory to Rome. 
in that game, you play a card and other people can follow that action. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in this. Out of turn. Yeah, exactly. Carl Chuddock. You have two. Carl Chuddock, fantastic game. You have two reaction tokens that when you flip them over, you get to do a single action based on what the action of somebody else is. So, for instance, I take a white tin die and I am doing white actions and I am doing transmutations. I transmute all the way up to the top of the white part of the board and now I want to do a transmutation that is going to be in the red section of my board. I wait until somebody who has a red die takes any action and then I do a follow action. I use a reaction token Mm -hmm. and by doing that, what I am doing is is I am able to do a transmutation in the red area even though I did not choose the red die. In theory, this makes the game more interactive. In theory, this is a good thing. I will say that that toward the end of my the, my last play of it, I felt like I was starting to get that. I was starting to figure out I'm doing A and B right now. I need to do C, so I'm just watching for somebody mm-hmm. to have either the right symbol or the right color on their die, and that's where I'm going to use my follows. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Other than that, it doesn't really get any more complicated than that. No, that's 100%. That's like really it. all it and does. So th- it's still very low interactivity, like even that bit. So, yeah, we've we found, um, especially in the third round of the game, long turns. Yep. It's real easy to check out on other people's um, turns in this game, especially because the nature of it, like the, the real positive of the game is that, like, once you kind of get going, you can have these kind of fantastic explosions of can- of cascading reactions mm-hmm. where you you do one little thing and that's going to trigger your artifact which is yeah. going to trigger three transmutations and that will you know and yeah, suddenly you've got resources. all these things and so yeah. for you that can be exciting you're doing it right you're linking all these things together this has no value to all, every other player on the sure. board they're not sharing in this experience and maybe worse than that like uh, one of the, you know, we're missing Albert, our rules lawyer yeah. here, is you also <laughs> kind of like, you, there's a lot of stuff going on on other people's boards and like you can't really tell what they're doing. No, so there's no really... there's no accountability or even, yeah. and like when, you know, there's been a few times where you kind of fact check, check like, what are, you, what are you doing there? It's like, well, that's not how that actually works or whatever. And yeah. so you, there's definitely been times and maybe this is a, this is a character flaw of, of mine where like we've gotten to the end of the game and somebody's had a certain result and I kind of don't buy it. Like I did that to Tom in the first game where I was like, yeah, his, you his, he, his you score was did. over twice everybody else's on the first one. Having played the game better now the second time, I now know that Tom's score in that first game was entirely reasonable. In fact, it might have actually been below average when it comes to a... For what you could do, yeah. Yeah, for what you can do. Um, but I just still have no idea. Right. Like that, what what other people are doing on their board is I'm completely removed sure. uh, from it, and like that's a problem. Whereas I know games that I like tend to be like I can play a few games and I understand what's going on on people's boards, and it actually has a big impact upon mm-hmm. the decisions mm-hmm. I'm making. I know when I'm playing a good game of Terraforming Mars, or I'm playing a good game of Agricola. I'm looking at other people's boards and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what are they going to do next? What do I need to race right. to? Um, well, you know. Then I guess my question for you guys, because you have a better perspective on it, do you think this game was trying to do that and failed? Or specifically said, we're not super interested in those kind of interactions. Everybody just do their thing. And there will be crisscrosses, but like that's not super important. I don't want to guess intent. It's, it's tough to do. A lot of these games, they started coming up with 
these mechanics. They found them interesting, and yeah. they are. This is this is a good clockwork. This is a well thought out clockwork. It's an exploding this, clockwork. Yeah, and and yeah, and that's another thing we should say. This game does something more than any other game I've ever seen, which is it explodes. You have three dice you're going to choose each turn, and there are only three turns in the game. Yeah, so you're going to have nine dice all total for yep. the entire game to use. And it can seem after the first round that I don't see how anybody can do anything in this game. It is virtually impossible. Your first action seems so anemic and the things you're trying to do seem so vast, mm -hmm. but it explodes. It gets to a point where by the end of the game, I'm doing one action that is flipping this thing to get this bonus, which is giving me this, which is completing this this formula, which is getting this, which is flipping that, which is getting these bonuses. Sometimes we've had things where I've, I've seen seven, eight bonuses chain from a single die move, from a single action, and transforms that player's game. Really, really does amazing things for their for their score and for the way there is. That is pleasurable. I'm going to say that yeah. is a really cool thing when you feel like, you know, not to get too alchemical about it, but it does feel like you're having a chain reaction mm -hmm. that is that is positive and is it feels like thematically it feels like a eureka moment. Right, yeah. you're having this breakthrough, yeah. yeah, which is cool. Which that is really, cool. really interesting. That just wasn't my experience off of first play, and I could see like I'm not sure I'd be able to put the time in to get there. And yeah. is that worth it for me? I I think that maybe your second or third play you would get there because yeah. it is one of those things that you start yeah, to you, figure out pretty quick. You'll get there. I I went and checked the the ratings and reviews in this game, and there's clearly like there are people that really like this. So. Um, not that we're outliers, but there's some people that do really like that. And I can understand like that the kind of exploding combination aspect yeah. of the game is really appealing. And I can, there's been some interesting stuff on their, on their forums and in their ratings because the people that do like the game are feeling very hostile towards the people who don't like the game. And oh. a lot of it's, it's kind of coming down to the kind of like, you know, get good new kind of comments in fact Got the publisher it. or one of the members i think of the publisher came on and even said something like well this is actually like a hallmark of our games is that we're not holding your hand right like we're making sure. kind of a harder core game here splatter says the same thing yeah um and that's fine but as a casual gamer like for me i'm kind of the always right. noob, and my reaction to some is just greater than the reaction to others this one didn't pull me in and think like "Ooh, if i really get good at this i'm gonna some yeah. do. Some I have that reaction to some of them. Some of them. But, uh, so this is it's, so. In some ways, this game could suffer from like runaway leader syndrome, but it, it's so low interactivity yeah. that that's not even the correct description because yeah. it, you are kind of do, just doing your own thing. Could you play this by and, yourself? You almost. It does. Could. It does have a one player. It does it have a solo like mode. You are. It does. It feels like you are. Yeah. And I think. And I think this may just go to the kind of group that we are, or maybe just the player yeah. that I am. Is like okay. This is a low interactivity game. Yeah. This is not why I want to play board yeah. games. I also um, put a really high premium on games that link, you know, mechanics or mechanisms to theme, mm -hmm. and th the like. It's an appropriate thing they're doing with the theme here but the theme is so meaningless yeah it's just a bunch of symbols yep. and we're doing like you know right where symbol a becomes symbol four which becomes symbol green you know yeah. or, or, or whatever and it, and it doesn't mean anything it's not constructing a narrative that i'm at all interested in so there's no story 
for oh, no. me, there's no emotional agree. hook. There's very low player interaction. And even, I know this is going to seem silly, but even like the characters you get to be, they're not like cool characters. You're all the same person. They're just all oh, old. No. no, I think I you've, got cat, you've, you've got the same cat. A, got cool, the same cat. a cool thing about the game is that every player board is different. The formulas that you will unlock are different for, for each player. That is that is pretty good. There, the, it is asymmetric, and it's asymmetric in an interesting way. That is not that is not terrible. The game, also like okay, we did it. We did, played it again Friday night. We were about four hours with Teach, right? I think we looked. I looked at the heavy total. heavy yeah. cardboard. Did a playthrough. They were over three and a half hours on their four player game with mm-hmm. Teach, so it's long. Um, it's not a short game, and so um, I'm a little uncomfortable. Like, I don't actually like, I don't want to do reviews of games that I don't like. Sure. Like, that's, we're not, we're not doing, like, we're not trying to be, like, necessarily, like, fair umpires who get games and then review them. I mostly want to come on the show and say, hey, guys, check this out. It's awesome. And here's why it's awesome. Yeah. We've had a lot of people that have said, uh, you, you know, on the Facebook page, like, darn you, you're, you're costing me more money because I'm going to run out and, and buy this immediately. I think part of our responsibility is to say when you know where does where does it hit you? Uh, for me, I have a lot of games, so yeah. my bar for am I going to buy this game has to be where do I see this? Where do I see this fitting in? For me, Trismegistus does not does not meet that mark. Yeah, it's try, not, it so, is a very right, interesting. I would say game. try before you buy. Yes, I will. I'm not saying this, don't. Though. I'm just saying this is where it's let's it's talk a about, small percentage that are going to really love. Let's yeah. talk about who this game is for. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that the solo game, which I have not played, I think could be fantastic because it is a, you know, it is that clockwork mm-hmm. of an engine builder that explodes up. And if I don't have other players playing it and I'm doing that, that own game, I think that could be phenomenal, yeah. first of all. So if you're a solo gamer looking for a really intricate puzzle of a game, that could be great for you. If you are a person that is cool with low interaction games, that wants a deep game that I don't have to be interacting with the other players so much and I can sort of focus on my own game. There are people Matt is one of those gamers. He oh, yeah. is totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Has no issue with that at all. Trismegistus might be a very different experience. A lot of our objections to the game might go away mm-hmm. if that is if that is your play style. But for but for most people I would say that Danielle Tashini has designed many great games. Yeah, I put I'm this. A fan. I put this into. Yeah. I put this into the second or third tier of their of their design. Right. Which, which is the designer who, who we're talking about? Who did Zulkin and um, Teo Tawakin here? Is it Daniel? Yes. Yours? Okay. So, I'm definitely a fan of many of the other games. Yeah, this one doesn't quite hit it. This one. Yeah, this and, is the mark. And again, I, I don't want to be mean, but I also don't. I want to be honest that like my reaction to the first play of this game was like one of the most negative reactions I've ever had to a board yeah, game. Really I was, like I was angry. I yeah. said you had an allergy. I said you had an allergic reaction to this. I mean, play. I was, I was mad yeah. at this game. Um, I had such a, a negative first for some I mean, uh, people <laughs> this, playing the other game noticed to, to me. This is like what I'm honestly, I say to my son a lot. I'm like, Logan, if it's not fun, just stop. Like, don't play that game. We have to do a review. I know, but it's like, just, eh, this, this, yeah. So I would say this. I would say that if it sounds interesting to you, play it. By all means, play it. Do not, we do not want to dissuade anyone from this. However, if you have a limited game budget and what we're saying seems to make sense to you, that maybe that's not going to be the the best way for me to spend my, my game dollars, 
I would suggest looking elsewhere. Yeah. I would suggest look, looking elsewhere with the exception of the types of gamers that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that are solo gamers, this could be a, an awesome solo game. Yeah. I haven't played it, but I, every, all the indicators are that this would make an amazing solo game. And people that are into low interaction games that are that are mm-hmm. very puzzly, very thinky, this hits that that very, very hard and very, very well. I was trying to think of a game that has used this. I mean, there's a bunch of alchemy games out there. I can't think of a single one that I like. The Alchemist is a good game. The Alchemist? That, and that's the one with the app? Yeah. Okay. Um, is it the one with the app? I'm not sure. But it's, or it's yeah. got a form. Okay. It's a good game. I'm just saying, generally, game. like, okay, yeah, I'm just kind of stating, stating my bias here. I haven't liked any of these games. And it, to me, it's usually an indication that this is kind of a pasted on Right, because it's See, not really a story. Right, it's like you're making a sandwich. So what did you do at the end so, of the day? Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that I, having played this game, I would love to do a medieval hospital game, where you are trying to, where you have patients that are coming and you're trying to balance the four bodily humors. You're, you're, <laughs> well, you're, you're bleeding people, and you're, you have you have leeches, you have mercury, and urine, you, uh, exa- urine, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And they and they come in. Right. And it's like, well, clearly this man has too much cholera. We're going to have to lower that, and we're going to have to. I would much rather play that game. I would pl- totally play that game. I think that would be the humors. hilarious. The humors, right, ladies and gentlemen. That was our review of Trismegistus 2019. Sorry, it couldn't have been better, but we didn't. We didn't. It didn't hit our our, our funny bone. We, it for, hit something. <laughs> the juice was definitely not worth the squeeze oh, for us. It's a lot of squeeze. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a, lot of, yeah. A, lot a lot of squeeze. Lot of squeeze. A tiny little drop of juice. And now we're up to the group member specific segment. Jake, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're talking about games and kids. Love it. Games and kids. We're putting the school in yeah. old school. Yeah. It, it's something that's been a big part of my adult life, taking care of kids, and now being a dad for the last five years. Sure. Sort of obviously brought it home in a much more personal way to all the parents out there who could appreciate that only. But um, playing games is a big part of being a parent when you have a sure. kid. I mean, now, how old is your child right now? Just turned five. Just, just turned, five. turned five. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Made it this far. Yeah. Um, Dude, no, he's doing great. If and they're alive by five, you know, at you this got a point, really good shot. You know, I asked myself, could he make it on his own? No, he couldn't. But he's, uh, he's a very good kid. He's very smart, and he's definitely a game brain. For sure he is. He loves to play games. Um, most of them these days aren't as structured as, like, let's sure. sit down and play Monopoly. But we have done that, and he is into it. Cool. And I often wonder, what are we doing? Like, what am I teaching him when we play a game that has no real choice? Um, but most games for, for kids that age are not really about the playing of the game so much as, like, the life lessons that come from sure. like, taking turns. Yes. And just focusing long enough. Well, Candyland is, yeah, is, is, yeah, is, I mean, is wait your turn. Wait your turn. Fo- follow the simple rules. Exactly. Follow the simple instructions. Color recognition That's in Candyland. Right. Recognize the counting, colors. Counting your yes. spaces. It's yes. the most fundamental, s- simplest things. And emotional management. And emotional management. And of course, there's more than one way to do that because some people don't like kids to lose ever. And you say, oh, we all won. Or, you know, as many like the T-ball thing. Sure. There's like a movement for like losing doesn't teach good things. I'm not one of those. But it's, it's a small little way to give a taste of what's to come. Yes. Totally um, agree. Yeah. I'm, you, you must play is, games with your kids. Oh, is sorry, that, is that the, but is that, the, is that why you, you play games with Well, I play games son? with my son because I also like to play games, and it's mm-hmm. a fun thing to do. 
I mean, the, the only other things that he likes to do that aren't like physical things, which he's a bit of a physical kid, but like he likes to build. So we have lots of building sets and magnet tiles and, you know, wooden sure. blocks and like train tracks. And he can construct in a certain game brainy kind of way. But that's a lot more like me watching him do that than playing with him. And in a game, I can actually interact with him. Right. It is, you know, it is very hard to interact in a way that that does anything for an adult with a with yes. a four year old child, a three year old child where you don't have to shut your brain off and say, no, that you're uh, just oh mostly catering to them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But to have a shared experience that you're doing that you can both invest in is a hard thing to do. And I also think that, listen, modeling conflict is something that is games do amazingly well and there is no there is no age limit on that there's no yeah. point that is too early to begin to do that to begin to learn listen kids are sociopathic they <laughs> are they don't know they their brains have not developed to the point where they are thinking about other people at a certain age, right? They start well, to... Well, reactionary think. only. Correct. They're not thinking Correct. ahead, will this hurt that person's Precisely. feeling? That's but what if I mean. they hurt your feeling, they'll be able to know they've done that. Sure. Hopefully. Yes. Otherwise, they truly are, could, you know... No, 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 no. But then, yes, then I agree with Then they're in the dark triad right. traits. They're, and all they're that sort of only stuff. reflecting. The what? Dark triad traits. What's that? Um, sociopaths have them. It's uh, narcissism... Um, no empathy. Yeah, right? lack of empathy. There's like three traits that are, that are you know, classic traits that all human beings to some degree have but if you have these three particular and you have them strong it's a strong indication of sociopathology yeah, they're usually phases that you grow out of you know, you're, you, you're saying these things are all present in, kid, in kids and it's when we see them in adults that it's problematic? Or? Well, uh, listen, kids are naturally narcissistic because they don't naturally they, they, you have to learn and your brain has to develop to a point where yeah, you scope think isn't about wide enough. Where right. you think about These other are developmental stages. These that are right, exactly, exactly right. right. There's exactly developmental right. stages that we all go through and so some when, of us just get out of it better. Yes, so when you're others. playing Candyland, yeah. is, that, is that still something Actually, at five the, the or very, you graduated most, from that? The most recent game we played was a Frozen 2 overlay of Monopoly. Oh, and okay. Monopoly's full, pretty tough a for a five-year-old, isn't it? Not really. I mean, you roll the die and you move the thing. You Decide to buy property and bankrupt people? Okay. He, I'm not questioning your choice. It no, just no, that I sounds you. like you got a smart I kid. I will say, I, he's a pretty smart kid. He wasn't choosing to buy or not buy. We kind of said, if you can, you should. And he just went with that. That's good. That's okay. good advice. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, though. Okay, so if you're playing Candyland, though, yeah. and we were talking about like all the things that you're kind of outcomes or sure. whatever that you're hoping for. Sure. Um, so when you're playing, you're, are you... You're kind of policing a little bit, right? Like you're enforcing. I'm reminding. Reminding. Yes. yes. I'm, remi I'm a helpful so if you, reminder. So if you could, if you sat down and you played the game now and it went smoothly yeah. with Logan, is it is that game now over? Yeah. Like there's no point so, in yeah. playing it, it anymore think, once you've done, once. Every, I mean, it's not, it's the kind of thing where if you've really mastered it, what are you even really doing? I mean, it, like, de it depends. There's, there, listen, there's a lot of reasons to play games with kids, right? And that's only, okay, let's, what, that's are, what, only, what are some other that's reasons? That's only one of them. Okay. My daughter, Solea, is a prodigy at memory. Mm -hmm. You okay. know, the memory game where you, yeah. you have the tiles we and play you flip them one. over and stuff Absolutely. like that? I have never beat her in, in, well, in well, memory. Memory is one of those places where kids are smarter <laughs> uncle paul paul has never beat her like no we from the age of four we have tried our best yeah. to beat her once yeah at this game Not never happening. yeah Ever no, visual mapping memory is just better than yours it is yeah it is and by and the way why it still is she's 14 now and it sure. still is 
Um, she got such a rush out of being able to do something that adults can't. Yes. Right? Kids have or, this sense. Kids know that they are worse at everything. And right, luckily, luckily, they're, luckily for the most part, they're yeah, very, yeah. very happy to, they're able to slough that off. Right. With older people. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. Massive, massive That's thing. a huge ego boost for them. It gives them a sense of worth. 100% agree with you. So that's that's one thing, just to, just to start it off. Another thing is to develop in kids a sense that it is more fun to follow the rules than it is to break the rules. And also, I'd add, just immediately sure. piggybacking into that, that all the, the rules apply to all of us. Like yes. Mommy and daddy also have to follow these rules. It's not just you. We're not like the gatekeepers of everything. We just, we're playing the same game as you. Yes. That's important. Because I think kids often think that like parents can do whatever they want and kids have to do whatever they is say. It, is it going to be the case, though, that kids aren't like ready for that lesson until a certain age? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Because yeah. like this is and, something and I would need today. I, yes, I don't know also. this as, an, as a non-parent. Like I've played games with my niece and nephew and sometimes I've encountered the kind of stuff you're talking about. And I yeah. just don't know like, OK, am I is this a characteristic of my niece or is this a characteristic of every six year old? girl who like we're playing the, a memory game where we're having to match yeah. things and like it's who's fastest to kind of grab this thing and like she refused to lose yeah and i don't mean like oh she yes. really got her game together and so that yeah, she kicked no. my butt it was like winning was not an option for the adults without yes. a, a really emotional reaction yeah. and i'm like okay this is something we're kind of totally normal learning and teaching it's but, but it was also like oh she's she's not ready for this lesson and i shouldn't yeah like this i would I say can't, this is something that's unteachable on the spectrum of some kids it's more difficult for them and some kids it's less difficult it's really about yeah. how it's presented yeah. to them jake, I think, in the jake beginning. do you do you allow your son to win all the time no i don't either no i don't either but i, I, will. I don't think it's a good i don't think it's a good thing what i do think is when I'm playing a game with my with my kids especially when they were younger yeah. what i would do is i would keep a really close eye on them and see where they're at like what is their mm -hmm. state are they no longer having fun in the mm -hmm. game? Are they are they hitting a level of frustration that's becoming pain for them? Sure. And where where well, are they? That's the at? meta level of parenting. Exactly. Right? Where exactly. it's like you're not playing a game. But I'm also I'm also acting when I'm playing sure. this game, right? I'm like, of course. Oh, I rolled that. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm yeah. stuck. I'm in the molasses uh, swamp. Yeah, of course. Oh, it's so horrible. And that's they right. laugh and they think that's the that's funniest right. thing in the world. And then they get in there and I'm like. Ooh, look who's in the swamp now. <laughs> such a larper. I don't... Yeah. Uh, no, but it's, it's yeah, good. No, yeah. I'm not... What you're fine. doing is, is is you are you are giving them a viewpoint as to what games can be, right? Sure. Which is the ability to experience these highs and lows with no actual stakes, which is a yeah. great thing. Yeah, and, and I always, before we play a game, will say to him, look, we're playing this for fun. Sometimes you will win. Sometimes you will lose. That's the whole point of the game. If yes. you knew you is, were going to win, is he okay with that? He's totally cool with that. Okay. Yes. Yes. So and does does and I I don't mean to disparage your child. No, 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 at all. Ahead. But does your child cheat? I have not seen him cheat. Okay, because I've, I've every seen, child I've played games yeah, with has cheated. It I've, seems to be yes. I've seen it, the beginnings of certain kinds of manipulations in other situations that could be considered that like, but in the real world of like, I want this, I want that, I'm going to do this or that to get it. But in an actual game scenario, no, I've never seen him like pull a 20 out of the thing for Monopoly. Absolutely when I, when not. I said that 
that teaching a, a child that following the rules is more fun than not following the rules, mm-hmm. that's where cheating comes in, right? right? Cheating is the thing that they're all going to do because they want to win and they're not winning and what can I do? And some of them don't. Some of them just are like, oh, okay, that's the, that's the <laughs> way it is. But some of them, I, I'm not going to say which one, but, but one, of, one of my <laughs> kids was a little more of the, oh, I, maybe I can do this or maybe I can, maybe I can do this. And learning how to deal with that without shaming is a really is a really important lesson. Are right? any of yours like a rules lawyer? Because Logan would be incensed if someone did something against the rules in a game that we were playing. That's like, okay. Oh That's no, no awesome. he would be like to a point of depending on how hungry he was, very upset. Very upset. Okay. Like that's not what you rolled. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or that was my he yes. Kids want order. Kids they want, want they want of order. Law enforced. Yeah. Yeah. They need the boundaries. The to universe be must have within, meaning. You yes. know. Yeah. So my son is a total game brain. Yeah. Like a hundred percent into it all over yeah. it. Plays I play Twilight Struggle with him. I play oh, wow. High Frontier with How him. Old is he now? I play he's sixteen now. Amazing. But I was playing High Frontier with him when he was ten. Right. And he is way into it and totally all over it. He's very, very good, very, very quick to pick this sort of stuff yeah. up. My daughter is much harder to get to the game table. Sure. My wife is much harder to get to the game table. Sure. They will play games, but they like the games that they like, and they don't really like playing the other games. So for, a- a- for Aiden, for my son, it was definitely one of those discussions that I had to have with him. I said, okay, how do we work this? Yeah. Let's talk this out. Yep. We have to play the games they want to play. Sure. Mm-hmm. And in particular, it's my daughter. It's not my wife. My wife sure. will play whatever. She's she's yeah. great. She's she's a game. She's totally down with whatever. Her favorite game is Teach You. Uh, she is a monster at Teach wait, You. Pause. I'm sorry because my wife's favorite game is Teach You. Seriously? And it's the only game I've ever taught her that was like from this world. And she just like. I mean, she's playing it when we're watching TV. Okay. We're gonna That's have to have what's a, on her. You phone. and I are gonna have to have a couple tonight then. Yeah. That and we're gonna happen. play. What? That could happen. It should happen. It should happen. She's good. Dude, she's good. My wife is a monster at yeah. Teach You. She is a. She becomes a different person. It's, the, it's when I first realized. Like, I mean, I always knew she was competitive. Oh yeah, but that was when I knew she had a, like. There is game, a right? teach you tournament no. at BGGCon. Yeah, no, no. And Trey, that, that Trey and I are going to enter. You should. It's interesting. Brought your wife. Trey and I are going to enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. would change the dynamic slightly, but sure. But anyway, it's, anyway, it's anyway. Getting, so yeah, getting sorry, back, sorry, getting back, back to, to the kids. It. Things yeah. are getting weird for me. Getting back yeah. to it with the kid. With the kids, <laughs> what I what I had to teach Aiden was I said, okay, we're going to play the game that they want to play, and here's what we're going to do. We're not going to win. Okay. So, Aiden, let's play. Let's keep it close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you think that you you got this, I want you to, to throw. Mm-hmm. Because what we want to do is we want to build into, into yeah, these people. It and it's really them. it's really just my daughter. Sure. Building my daughter, this, this sense that the game is really fun. And for her... You know, losing to her brother is not the most fun thing. She's two years younger than him. She right. loses to him every day. Sure. Right? There's, the, sure. It's just naturally going to happen more often than siblings. not. Yep. So to create that sense, and he's gotten really, really good at that, where he'll he'll do something, and he'll just he'll just, he'll just give me this little glance, and I'll give this little glance like him, like, yeah, I know what you're doing, dude. That's this beautiful. is a little evil. You're doing great. I don't think it's no, evil. It's, you're it's not, not actually, actually teaching I see him to fish. Completely it's, opposite. It's, I think it's, it's actually selfless. It's, it's son, teaching selflessness. Son, if, you get, if you get her on the line... No, you're gonna no, be you're, able to... you're going in for the wrong aspect of this. I think the, the lesson learned there is a certain empathy for other people. Correct. The fact that it might be more fun and it doesn't matter if I win. Right. That's that's a hard lesson to teach. Logan and, and Logan learning to self-regulate your and learning to self-regulate your competitiveness. Yes, that's huge. I could use a little more of that. Yeah, so that you're teaching this lesson. My wife yes. doesn't have any of that. Yes, it's hard. It, it is, is important. Hard. And for, for boys especially, I'll it's say, an important yes, thing to do. Yes, it is. Tom. You know what's really interesting <laughs> for me is every game night is really good for me in that regard. 
because I'm coming in sort of feeling like, well, I'm obviously not going to win anything, so I'm not going to. You keep really saying that, care. and yeah, we still remind one you. time. No, actually, I guess twice. Avalon. Yeah, that counts too. Yeah. No, but I agree with you 100. percent That that thing where it's just a game, being able to step yeah. away from the. Table oh, I hate that realize, expression. Just a game. Well, well, for kids, yet, it's important though. For kids, it's important. It really is. They I'm just saying it's a complicated expression. Or, no, 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 no. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I don't right. mean to but disparage in, 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 game playing or in games. Kid, in kid psychology, no, they become 100% invested exactly. in this thing and it's everything. Exactly. There's an emotional component that adults hopefully don't have. Which is, which is by, the way, hopefully. Which, by the way, Jenny it's, can it's generally a, tell when I come through the door on late Friday night. Right. It's like, you didn't win. It you didn't win. But I come home late and carries this. It's teaching both empathy and self-regulation and those are two huge, huge things. Absolutely. Look, I want to, uh, we're, we're getting late on time. We're, we're not late. that late on time, but let's start talking because I want to talk about some games because I Euro gamed my kids. I okay. basically went and I found Euro games okay, that great. were particularly good with, with I've kids. I've tried one based on a recommendation from Matt. Well, well not you, really from Matt for him, but he gave me one deck dungeon to play. Sure, sure. I taught it to Logan and he loved it. Great. I mean, he totally loved it. I don't know how Euro-y that is, but it was really fun. So first of all, there's a, uh, there's a publisher, a uh, German publisher called Haba, H-A-B-A. Yep. They make almost exclusively kids' games, mm-hmm. and they are wonderful. They are beautifully produced. They're beautifully put together. They're really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. They're fun. They're they're great games. Some of the games I'm going to mention are Haba games. Okay. The first one is Gulo Gulo. And uh, you're, they develop them for age brackets, obviously. Like yes, this they do. meant for, okay. Gulo Gulo was the first game I taught the kids to okay. play. Uh, it is three and up, essentially. Okay. And what it is, the gulos are, I guess, porcupines, mm-hmm. I think is what they are. Okay. And what you're doing is you're laying down tiles, and the tiles have colors of eggs on them. And you have a wooden bowl with wooden eggs in them. Okay. And you're sticking a pole with an egg on the top of it in the center of that bowl. Essentially, think, okay. of, it like, think of it like an ice cream scoop with a, with a fork or a, a spoon okay. stuck into the top of it. Sure. Okay. And the idea is for you to move your gulo to the next space, you have to get that, you have to fish that color egg out of the bowl. Okay. Got it? Yeah. So it's a dexterity game, right? Sure, but also color recognition. But color recognition and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Now here's the thing about it. It is self-balancing for playing with adults because our big ham fingers... Interesting. (laughs) It's funny. ...are maddeningly hard to get around these smooth, slippery, circular eggs. Whereas the kids just reach in and they grab the egg, no problem. For any adult who's actually trying to win. (laughs) Well, no, but you want to get that sense, right? You want to get that sense because when the stick falls over and as you're trying to fish those out, the stick falls over, you lose your turn or whatever and go go back. That's cool. A cute little game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital... Manipulation there. That's good. Yes. I always recognize the Haba game because they're all yellow boxes. Correct. Like the yellow boxes with this red logo. And so you can kind of spot. That's cool. You know, they've, they've a really strong brand. Yes. Cha-cha-cha chicken is another one. That's uh that's Haba. I think that's, I, I would say ages four and up. Okay. And that is a sort of a set collection game. It's the, it's babies for a set collection mm-hmm. game where you're, you're looking for this That's symbol cool. and you're trying to move around and grab that, uh, get that symbol like memory, and so on and so really. forth. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, very good game with that. Um, there's a game that is an American game called loop and Louie. Okay. That I could almost not find in America anymore. I think they may have re-released it here, but it's this weird little, it's more of a toy than a game. Mm-hmm. What it is, is, it is a battery-powered thing where there is a barnstormer on a uh, on a crane wheel sort of thing. Okay. 
it spins around, and there are four stations, and each station is a chicken coop. Okay. And the Louie is trying to grab your eggs. Okay. You have four eggs in your station. The four eggs are little little discs. Okay. So this was not a Haba game, right? This, no, this is not this a Haba game. American American game. For clarity, but yeah. I had to go to Germany to get this game because it wasn't available in America anymore, but they were still making it in Germany because they knew that it was a good game. Ah. And it's really, really fun. What you do is you have a little lever, a little um, seesaw, mm-hmm. essentially. And when Louis comes, you can hit it and it knocks him up into the air. So he doesn't grab so your eggs. So he doesn't eggs. grab your eggs. Yeah, right. Trey's showing me a picture it's of it now. I get it. So much yeah. fun because when you hit him up in the air, you have no idea where he's going to come sure. down. He might come down right on your egg, like sure. literally right on your egg, and knock it out. And you have four eggs, and when yeah. you lose all your eggs, you're you're out of the game. Surprisingly fun little game. I think Ratatat Cat is a game. I feel like I've played. It's that. it's a very good prelim. It's like sort of the first card game you teach a kid how yeah. to play. Very, very good. I think I played that with one of the families I worked with, one of those kids. We, that was one of the games we played. Good, good, good. Chateau Roquefort is a very interesting game. What this is, the box <laughs> cheese. I, I want to play Chateau Roquefort. Yeah, I want to it, eat it. It's, the, well, it is. It's a cheese game. So you play a mouse. Yeah. And when you and it has a box that is the size of Trismegistus or any of these boxes, mm-hmm. right? But when you open the box, you don't take things out of the box. The box itself is is a whole thing. In okay. other words, That's what cool. it is is it is a it is the roof of the castle. Mm-hmm. And some of the spaces are open on on the roof. Okay. And some of them have cheese. And you're trying to move your mouse to get that cheese. But in doing so, sometimes you're going to be sliding little things in that it's going to change. You're basically pulling off the top of the roof Mm -hmm. to see what's underneath, to go in and get the cheese. And sometimes you will fall into traps and the traps will drop you down inside the box and and trap you. We tried the actual mouse trap. We found an original, you know, whatever. I mean, they reprinted it, obviously, but it was fun. He liked it. I mean, it was... It's not a bad dexterity game. You know, it lasted for five minutes. It's pretty good. It took 15 minutes to set up and then he played it once and he was like, all right, I get it. Cool. Now, when they start to get older, like around seven yeah. or so, and things like that, then we get into uh, games that are like traditional games that they can play. Okay. I think your son can probably play Ticket to Ride. Which one is this again? Ticket We've to Ride is Ticket me. to Ride is very very simple. You have a map of the United States yep. or wherever. You are collecting cards you, you, on your turn. Box cards. You are taking yeah. a card or you're yeah. playing cards. When you yeah, play cards, you're building train tracks. You could definitely there. do that, yeah. It's that collection to build your links to yeah. connect cities. And yeah, it's one I played with he, my nephew. And it's one of the ones you can play as an adult. They'll feel like they're making a lot of progress. Right. They're doing the thing. They're playing the game, right. even if they're not going to win. Sure. They've, there's a lot of nice little, it's a good feedback loop mm-hmm. where they're making making progress and they can have a lot of little mini wins in yep. the course of the game that's, that's uh, pretty it's, fulfilling. It's really great for that. It's a good game. I would it's say a really that good game. Carcass- the reason why it's so popular. Carcassonne is another game that you can play with kids six, seven years old, sometimes mm-hmm. even five years old. It is a beautiful little tile-laying game. You pull a tile out of a bag. You figure out where to put it in this tableau, and you put your workers down. If you have a field and you put a worker down there, he becomes a farmer. If you have a castle and you put a worker in that, he becomes a soldier. If you put a... What do the pieces look like? Like they're little meeples. They're, they're just little, little meeples, meeples and little and little things. It's, a tie, yeah, it's, I a, think, it's the tiling game. Yeah. Yes. I think my kid's a lot like me. I think the more visual... It is like the more beautiful the pieces are and the board is. It's gorgeous. The easier he'll get into it. So like for me, a meeple, it's not a turn off, but like I'd much rather have a cool little spaceship 
or like right. a little dude with a sword. I just would. I can't help it. Look, don't don't become an Ameritrash gamer. You, I'm you have just to teach saying. Not be. I am a sucker the, for the a theme. The tiles of this game are stunning. Okay. You're building right. a little village, a little you know bucolic sure. area. You're connecting roads and rivers, and you know you're building castles. I think I could spin that one. Telling a story. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Then as they get older, I think the next level is Splendor and Castles of Mad King Ludwig. My daughter's favorite game is Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Okay. What it is, is you are like four players. One person each round is the auctioneer. Mm -hmm. And they take the seven parts of the castle. They're flipping over cards to see what part of the castle is going to come up next. Mm -hmm. And there are big circular rooms. There are long straight ones. There are small squares. There's all kinds of different shapes, Mm -hmm. right? And when you flip them up, the auctioneer is going to choose which one a person can buy for 1,000 credits, Mm -hmm. which one they can buy for 3,000, which one they can buy all the way up to 15,000, which is super expensive and very hard to get. Then the next person chooses which one of those tiles they want. Okay. And they pay you, the person who put the put choose chose the order of this, they pay you the money and then they take that and they add it to their castle. Basically okay. you're building a castle. That's cool. And you score points based on the different yeah, types of it's rooms. It's a dollhouse. Yeah, in a sense, you know. The funnest thing about it is that at the end of the game, every time we play the game, we figure out who won based on points. But then we have like a 10-minute discussion about which castle, castle we want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's beautiful. It's well sure. laid out. That it's a cool. really it's fun game. It's very cool. It's one of my favorite games. And I always like wondered, like, why didn't they get the Harry Potter license? Right. right. Like, that was, that. it'd be perfect for their right? the Harry really Potter would. license. I'd also say Splendor. Uh, diamond trading, you know, you, you get these heavy chips which mm-hmm. you feel good, and you're collecting resources. Yeah, that's not a young kid. I mean, that's like baby's you're, you're first baby's first engine builder is yes. what Splendor is. Yeah. That's right. what it is. But yeah, but you can play that very young because it's so simple to understand. It's really, really, mm, yeah, yeah. really organic and stuff like that. Uh, and just a few other ones that that around age ten you can start to play things like that. Wingspan, gorgeous game. Around ten years old, kids can play Wingspan, no problem. Uh, Codenames, pictures. Codenames is is a great game, but the word game aspect of it makes it harder for kids. Mm-hmm. But there is Codenames Pictures where you are trying to get people to guess things based on the pictures mm-hmm. on the card. I find it to be an inferior game to Codenames itself, but for kids, they right. can they can play pictures very very well. We did very a Pictionary and he loved it. There you go. He, he totally loved there it. You he go. Thought it was hilarious. Uh, and then Santorini uh, is a game that Matt and I have talked about before. A very good chess-like game mm-hmm. that's that's competitive. I think around age ten you can play that. And last but not least, Tim Fowers. We talked about him earlier today. Burgle Brothers is a very fun game where you basically it's uh, Ocean's Eleven, the game caper caper game. a caper yeah. game where you're okay. you're you're working together as thieves and you're breaking into this building right. and you, you have to get past the laser fence or you have to get, you have to find sure. the secret passage that goes to this other different levels too. For, cool. for older kids who know that you could not really like, you know, you want to teach your five year old, like it's good to steal. Like <laughs> no. you're, you're a thief and we're, here's the game. Let's we're going to break into these people's house. Again, it depends on who, you know, the sure. audience here, sure. you know, not everybody, right. everybody no. has different professions and different. That's true. The, the That's question, true. moral the question, sets. Jake is, are you going to prepare your child for the world or are you going to simply just let the world murder them? That's the question. That's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want your kid to be Brad Pitt or Andy Garcia? Andy Garcia. Oh, okay. okay. All right. If All I right. had to there choose between those two. There you go. Okay. That's that's an answer. It's not- he, he is richer in the... He's yeah. way cooler. 
Sorry. I love Brad Pitt. Wow. Like, cool? So not true. Oh. So not true. I, I did not expect this answer. No. No, I, I didn't expect him to not believe the woman. That, that was not in the show notes. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> we, got, we got some... Jake is Jake Shocking. has given us some reality here. Shocking. All right. Anything else we want to say about games and kids? Jake, is there anything else that was on the, that you wanted I, I, to talk about? I think it's just in in general. Just you sh- you should be playing. If you're a parent, you should be investing the time to do that because it's a fantastic way to teach so many lessons. My family and I, also have fun. Yeah, obviously. As I know. said, my family we played games every every week, and it was yeah. a real connection for us. Yeah. Oh, I played games with my dad since as before I could remember, honestly. So when you're when you're playing games with your son, are you initiating it? Sometimes. So, but, but, but more often sometimes than not, he's coming to you and saying, "Hey, let's do this." It, it'll more like be like, uh, "What do you want to play?" I'll say, and then he'll go and he'll get something. It'll be this game, or it'll be that, or it'll be thing, and he'll come over and say, "I want to play this right now." Okay. That's that's mostly what it'll be. That's showing. I think that's fantastic progress, right? Yeah. Like you kind of want to. Oh, absolutely. I I want him to have ch- as many experiences of choice as mm. possible mm-hmm. you know on on just on all levels because that's it just takes practice to think that you're choosing for yourself and that it matters you know so yeah i'll totally. say what do you want to play and then he'll go get something and that's what we'll play that's great listen when we're off offline we'll we'll talk about yeah. games that you should probably yeah go out and i'd love get to start try. showing him some stuff yeah for sure yeah he's he's five is the perfect age to yeah. start to right absolutely to start to explore some of Craps. these things that's what he plays with my Dad. Jake, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Trey, <laughs> thank saying. you so much. The the only person without kids. Um, it was a great contribution yeah, to thank, this as thank well. Thank you for pointing that out. Baron. Baron. <laughs> I, I am Baron. <laughs> Let's move on to do uh, a couple game sommelier emails. And oh, yes. uh, as always, we have a song for this. Oh, yeah. Sometimes a player just got to know which game should stay, which game should go, which to play with mama, madame, abu. You got to tell me, monsieur, just what to do. Want to make an impression, but I can't get far. As my 50th player of Agricola, a million games. Show me the way to the master, the Game Sommelier. Game Sommelier. So smooth. The first note we have is what, not actually. Did is we, I, I seem to forget. Did, did we have music for Games on the Brain this episode? We didn't play Games on the Brain music. That's I'm weird. sorry about that. That's so weird. That's, I dropped the ball. Uh, I dropped. When Trey, when you and I are here, it becomes a battle. Like, do, which song do we play? What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I just well, mean there are two choices. there are two choices and for some different reason preferences. There's, for some reason when you and I are both here, I have a very difficult time choosing between the two between varieties. The two, don't know I why. don't know so why best you would just feel not that way. to play them, I guess. I guess so. Uh, our first email is actually not a game Somalia email, but I wanted to read it out. Timmy Alfson wrote, I would love for you guys if you guys did a review of Newton. And I want to tell you, Timmy, we will do the overview of Newton for sure. We have uh, a, a few things in the queue. I will not. Um, I didn't ask you. We would do it. I'm just saying we're going to do a review of Newton it's a, for sure. For sure, we're going to do it. Uh, I liked it better than Trismegistus. There you go. We will do a review of that for sure. Just wanted to say that he, he emailed us several weeks ago, and I just wanted to reply and say, yeah. Don't lose the faith. Something Sorry, is Timmy. Something we we're planning. <laughs> we'll we, got, we have a docket of things that are that Timmy. are coming up. It is not high on the docket, but it is there. Uh, DeWald Stein said, Dear Sommelier, we stay in South Africa where games are very expensive and hard to come by. Fortunately, I am spending some time in the States in December on holiday, so I'll be filling up my board game collection while on holiday. After finding your podcast, I have fallen in love with your gaming group as if they were my own. You can have some of us. We will tell you some. <laughs> I have available. recently played The Gallerist with my wife and we loved it. 
I have also, on your recommendation, found a copy of Chikarian, and we too believe it is one of the best board games out there. Unfortunately, the board gaming hobby is pretty small here in South Africa, and finding a group has been difficult. Basically, we've given up attempting to create our own group. Some of our friends were able to play some heavy games with us, but mostly we're reduced to playing Lords of Waterdeep as well as Ticket to Ride with most of them. Therefore, most of my gaming nights consist of just me and my wife. Which heavier games would you recommend I get that are both similar in weight to Jacarian and the Gallerist, but play well with only two people? Also, we don't like fiddly rules, so... If you can exclude those, that would be appreciated. Love the podcast. Please keep it coming. You are the highlight of my week. Can't wait for the new episodes every Monday. The longer they are, the better. Kind regards to Waldstein. DeWald, that's a wonderful email. Thank you so much for for sending that to us. The longer they are, the better. That's Wow. Okay. I love it. I've heard that too. I've heard that that from some people. people people We worry about being too long. People don't mind the long reviews. No. So let's talk about two-player heavy games. What can you play heavy with two-player? I will say the first thing to talk about is um, Castles of Burgundy. Castles of Burgundy isn't like super heavy, but in terms of being able to understand it very easily, for it to be easily expandable, and for it to be eminently playable with two players, Castles of Burgundy plays very well with two players. So that's the first thing I would want to say. Uh, Grand Austria Hotel, as far as the games the Italians play, Grand Austria Hotel plays very well with two players as well. Trey, did you have anything that you wanted to put on that list? Uh, Fields of Arl. Yes. The thing I recently went Which through this with, with my buddy who I um, who's going through chemotherapy treatments, and mm. so I spent a lot of time in the hospital with him, and so we played a lot of two-player games and you stole my number one uh, surprisingly you know because castle of burgundy plays up to four yeah so i had never thought of it like as a great two-player game but it was it was the hit of of the games we played and we played we played a lot um i also kind of like i got a chance to like revisit all those uh the uva rosenberg mini games that he did sure like the two, patchwork and autumn like patchwork but also uh all creatures big and small sure and then there's like a the harbor or something i think that's from uh you know those are the two-player versions of yeah of they're just Bahav a little simplified and now they're looking for something a little bit heavier but those still held up um yep. especially for you know when you don't want to like fields of all i think you're you're looking at three hours whereas you can you can play all creatures big and small in an hour and it's still pretty meaty like you're still making really uh tough decisions in that time period totally agree i'll also say twilight struggle is something you should look into and look at what it is and see if it might be for you if you do there basically is is almost no better two-player experience than than twilight struggle if you get into it and then last but not least some splatter games in particular roads and boats and antiquity are amazing games that play very very well indeed at the lower player counts so two players for that as well start with castles yep but start with castles of burgundy castles of burgundy is is a no-brainer Next one, uh, Eric Banna says, Hi, love your podcast. It has quickly risen to become one of my favorites, helping me survive rush hour traffic. Wanted to ask, what are good online resources or books for amateur gamers looking to dip their toe into board game design? Eric, thank you, thank, thank you, you, Eric Banna. Thanks, thank Eric. You. Thank you. Uh, we want to just say that we think Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is not <laughs> anything in comparison to yours. We very much appreciate all of your work. We really admire you. Uh-huh. I don't know, you know, where you're coming from. I guess maybe he lives in Woodland Hills, and the ride to the studio has a lot of rush hour traffic. But in any case, Eric, 
we thank you. We're glad you're a fan of the podcast. We're we're pretty much sure that there are tons of major actors that are also fans of the podcast. Trey, I'm going to throw this over to you because this is a question about online resources for people that yeah, want this, to uh, know this how is to BGG. design. BGG has an entire set of forums devoted towards board game design, and so there's a big online community. So if you haven't checked that out yet, just I mean, because the the BGG website can be a little bit hard to kind of understand. There's sure. just a lot going on there, especially when you go to the, the front page. But go to the forums, you'll see the big long list of different categories of forums, and there will be a number of forums that are just devoted to board game design. Um, and you'll be in good company with a lot of people that are just starting out looking And they for are them. very active forums. There is a lot. Oh, yeah. You post something there, people are going to give you answers. They're going to they're tell you what they think, and it is a very welcoming community as well. It is, it is pretty darn good. So highly recommend that. So Eric Banna, um, thank you for listening. We we want to encourage people to use their real names when they uh, yes when they email yes. here. Like we, well, we, if they're celebrities, at least. Like, I mean, this next one from Jody Foster um, is encouraging, but sometimes we don't know if names are real. We don't. We don't. Well, Ed, Edmund know. England turned out to be a real person. Well, Dewald Stein from South Africa, Charlize Theron. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty certain that's who that was. Next message, uh, the last one we'll do for today. Andrew, just Andrew Garfield. Your friend Andrew? Garfield. Andrew Garfield? Okay. Garfield. Yeah. I've never played a Martin Wallace-designed game, but I would love to try one. However, I almost exclusively play two-player games with my wife, and it seems like a lot of his designs are better with a full four. Any recommendations on a Wallace design that works well for two? Thanks. Yes, I made the watercolor gallerist painting for the contest oh, back right. in turn one, oh, yeah. and I'm still loving the show. I listen to it every Monday. Andrew, that that painting was gorgeous. Yeah, it was absolutely job, wonderful. It got a ton of votes from us. It didn't. Uh, I don't think it, it it won, but it but we were seriously seriously impressed. All right, I can't help myself. I'm going to say it. The best Martin Wallace two player game is Age of Steam which currently the new version of Age of Steam does not have Martin Wallace's name on it. But How did that happen? It, it's very complicated. But the last episode, we went into it in great detail. So just listen to this episode and you will see. But Age of Steam has different boards, right? You play this map, you versus that map. Some maps are great with six players. Some maps are great with four players. There are a bunch of maps. And the new version of Age of Steam has specific maps. Trinidad, I think, is one of them that play, or St. Lucia, that play specifically perfectly with two players. There are a lot of good boards that, that are great with two players, and that's one of the games that I would recommend there. Few Acres of Snow. Few Acres of Snow is specifically, specifically for two players. Two-player game. Phenomenal war game. Really encourage you to try that. And I will also say that Brass, Lancashire, yeah. has a two-player version of that that is quite good, quite competitive, and I highly recommend that as well. Yeah, Few Acres of Snow is the one specifically for two, so that might be... But uh, yeah, Age of Steam, play it. Go give it a try. Thanks for the email. Guys, we did it. We crushed it. Thank you so much, Jake. You say that every Thank week. Thank you so much for having me I do, me but we really did this time. It's a I mean, healthy this time. Honestly, go. I'm, not, I'm not just... You say that to all time. the co-hosts. No, Jake, it is, <laughs> it is such a pleasure to hang out with you. I, it's I, fun. One of my favorite things about game night is that I don't get to see you ever, and I get to see you at game night. You know, week. I was actually talking about this with my wife when you say that. I'm like, you know, there's people in that game group that I don't hang out with and have dinners with, 
but they're still my close friends who I see more than I see other people in my family. Right. Yeah. Like I have family members I don't see once a week. So yeah. it, it really right. is a beautiful thing. Yeah. When you were having the back surgery, when I was yeah. praying hard for you, yeah. like there was, the no, whole family I, it, was it, really pulling for you and, and totally they didn't know who you thing. were. I know. It's, it's a cool thing. It's a really cool thing to be a part of something that, you know, not everybody gets to do that. Have friends that they see every week and just a chance to have fun and like use your brain. So folks know that our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Game Brain Pod. We have a Facebook group. Please seek us out there. Game Brain Pod there. And you've been listening to Game Brain. Produced and edited by Matthew Robinson and Tom Donnelly. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. So you might know him as the rules lawyer on our pod. I want to say Alfonso. We're on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. And as mentioned, you can reach us by our new email, contact at GameBrainPod.com or at Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod. Thanks for listening and go play some games with friends or go make some friends with games.